Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life, there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through. www.patriotjournalist.com uh, Also visit our website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com uh, We've got uh, some topics tonight that are near and dear to some of our uh, friends here as our panelists and guest speakers here on the show. Uh, Dr. Tolbert, uh, I do see Dr. Tolbert on the line. Uh, just push the one on your number dial, sir, uh, when you're ready to come in. And so uh, we'll be uh, discussing as well, of course, other uh, topics this evening, uh, tonight. Uh, of course, a lot's going on in the news, uh, there's a lot of breaking news, and we won't talk about it a lot tonight. We may talk about it some, of course, with uh, the uranium scandal uh, coming out. And I tell you what, a lot can really be coming down the uh, down the pike. And so, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about some of those other things, but uh, there's plenty of people out there talking about the uranium scandal uh, you know, and Mueller and things of that nature. We've covered those as well. Uh, but we also want to cover topics that might not be getting as much uh, news, if any news, uh, and is, it's, you know, important information, important news as well. And, and we don't want to just be a talk show here. We want to be a show that talks about solutions and, and getting people to action and things of that nature. Uh, so let's go ahead and bring in Dr. Tolbert. Dr. Tolbert, thank you very much for coming to the show. How are you tonight? I'm doing well, and I just got a uh, text from Sally. She's already monitoring, too. So if she could press one and, and come in, because I would kind of like her to lead what we're going to do tonight, if it's all right with you, Robert. Uh, it's about uh, the many different facets of what we're doing with elder care uh, and how and what took place with the 101-year-old lady. Do you see her uh, on the line? I do, and I'll get her in. And no, I no, appreciate it. Uh, let's go ahead and bring in Sally. Thank you very much, Sally, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Well, I'm doing okay, and uh, I'm glad to uh, join the show and talk about a very serious problem we have today. No, certainly. Go ahead. Okay. I wasn't sure if Dr. Tolbert was going to kick it off, but I'll be more than happy to. Um, <clears throat> we've. Um, 
uh, we, people just don't have any idea what is really happening with elder care and those who are the subject uh, become the wards of the state through um, court-appointed guardianship. It's it's so un-American. It's so ungodly. Most of us just we can't even fathom the, to believe that even and uh, that this goes on, and it does. It's just unbelievable what I have personally witnessed myself in the case of the one lady that I know. And then uh, just recently, there's been a I guess a lot of. Um, a lot of other cases are coming to surface. We had the thing in South Florida where the nursing home just pretty much left the people there to die, I guess. And then um, there's, uh, there was a special called Who's Guarding the Guardians? And then the lady out in Nevada where her parents, who were 15 minutes away, uh, the state appointed a guardianship and kidnapped them, basically. I mean, it's unbelievable how the state is taking over the rights of any of the vulnerable, which happens to be mostly the senior citizens. It's unbelievable, and we have got to let people know what's going on. We cannot accept the state. I mean, this is like Nazi Germany kind of thing. This is the Nazi stuff. Um, It's just nobody believes that this could possibly happen in America where the state just comes in and takes away your rights. You become a ward. They give your rights to somebody else. You are now a piece of property. And that that guardian, whoever it may be, has free access to take your assets, your money, your spent, your home, whatever, and do whatever they feel. And then, sadly, is that... um, uh, down the road, I mean, the the care, there is no monitoring. I mean, they say there is, but there isn't. And then um, these people are allowed to abuse in not only stealing your property and your financial things, but in the way they care for you. There's, I mean, again, here in the state of Florida, Statute 744, all sorts of laws of how you're supposed to be protected but they don't enforce any of it. It is it is such a rigged game. It's just it's disgusting. People have no clue. The majority of people I know I had no clue. And people <clears throat> excuse me. You need to go out there and do everything you can to build a wall around yourself so the state can't get to you. It's still gonna be difficult and they can still break through, but don't let it be easy. And if you know anybody in any situation do anything you can to prevent or to block them from having to go to some kind of probate court and have a court-appointed guardian do whatever you can to stop it. it I mean, it's, um, well, some would say I might be getting overly dramatic, but to me, what I've seen, it's my own opinion, uh, here in the state of Florida, court-appointed guardianship really equates to state-sanctioned abuse and murder, if it has to be, I mean, to go ahead and let people die prematurely and facilitate them dying prematurely. I really don't believe this one lady should be dead today. I do believe the guardianship, the court-appointed guardianship through through the state of Florida uh, caused her premature death. I sincerely 100% believe that. It's terrible. Now, is this something real quick, uh, and I know Dr. Colbert, you chime in, but is this something that's just a Florida problem, or is this something that you're seeing or hearing uh, that's going on in multiple states in in America. Uh, I, I think it's a nationwide epidemic. I, I do think it's a nationwide crisis type of thing. It's going on all over the place. But Florida, I mean, uh, the outrage, if you want to, with Florida is that Florida goes out there and acts like it cares about senior citizens, and all the seniors come to to retire in Florida, 
and we act like we have this open arms thing with having seniors come here. But, in fact, we're very abusive to them, taking away all their rights, taking away their right to vote, taking, taking even the right, uh, the right away to who would be their guardian. They have no voice. They, they are, and it doesn't have to be that way, but it's a rigged game. Um, in the state of Florida, there's what they call a plenary guardianship, and there's also limited guardianships. Uh, from what I can tell, from what I've seen so far, very little limited guardianships take place. It's primarily the plenary which, in fact, makes you a ward of the state. They strip all your rights and hand them over to the guardian. The guardian now manages every aspect of your life and can pretty much do whatever they want. <clears throat> Again, excuse me, technically, legally, if you look at the statute, they can't do whatever they want, but there's no oversight. Uh, there, there's truly no oversight, and um, they, the guardians can pretty much do whatever they feel like, from what I have personally witnessed myself, and it's just disgusting. You just uh, would never imagine that humans would be treated this way in this country when we claim to care so much about human rights and um, humanity and, you know, that we just we don't believe in abusing people. What? <laughs> Call it guardianship. And the uh, one case out in uh, Nevada where the one lady was talking about her parents being kidnapped, she was only 15 minutes away. She was their blood relative. This happens in that state, which also has, I think, a fair amount of um, – uh, seniors in it as well uh, that could happen like that then you take people whose family might not be so close by or they the the adult doesn't have any family um, any um, uh, children children or spouse and then they're just uh, it's just a market for it they go out there these guardians they um, majority of the time not always and, and the particular case that I'm dealing with was not was not a person going out there seeking to be a guardian in that same sense. But there's plenty that go out there and look. <clears throat> Excuse me. They go to retirement communities. They go into uh, assisted living facilities, whatever, wherever it is where they think they're going to find these people who might be subject or be a target. I'll call it a target for a better, lack of a better word, a target to become a ward of the state. And then they go and petition to become the guardian because they're going to help them and take care of them and, and when eventually they're just ripping them off for their money and abusing them fi uh, financially, emotionally, sometimes physically. And physical abuse doesn't necessarily have to be that you sit there and beat somebody up. You could just by uh, limiting their activities and not letting them do things and uh, sticking them almost like in a cage, basically, because that's what I felt like happened in this case. Um, the person wasn't allowed to go anywhere with their friends or their family, and in fact, that's ridiculous. I mean, if you can imagine, oh, it, it is. the The guardians were actually going to have her cousin arrested because the cousin came over and took her out for the day. They were going to have the cousin what? arrested. The, honest to God, it's you. You can Titusville uh, police. You can go see the report on it. It's out there. They were going to arrest the cousin because they signed. You know, the cousin signed her out like you're supposed to, and did all these other things when they went there. But they were going to arrest him for taking her out for the day, and yet she was having a very good time. And when I talk about they refused to let her socialize, they took her from a situation where she went out several times a week and went to church on Sundays with her friends. They stopped all of that. So, no, you're not going to be allowed to do that anymore. We're the only ones who can take you anyplace. You're not going to be allowed to socialize with anybody else. 
And what ended up happening is uh, she would be depressed and just, well, she just stay in bed all day. She'd never get up out of bed. And for somebody um, uh, with um, osteoarthritis and stuff like that, you can't do that. That's bad for you physically. So it's physical abuse in that sense. It was obviously emotional abuse um, to not let her go and, and do things she wanted to do. And and um, there was no justification. And this particular person, she um, was 101, but in very good health. She used a walker. She wasn't in a wheelchair. And uh, she was very active. She wasn't like she was on an oxygen tank. It wasn't like she was on She had absolutely no medication, no prescription drugs. You know, there was no reason to not let her live. As I see it, I mean, you go back to the most basic rights of being an American, the pursuit of happiness. She was denied happiness. They took away her happiness. They held her as a prisoner. They imprisoned her. Um, what was the other? Um, isolated her from her friends and her family. This is abuse. It, but what is the abuse purpose of, the of that? I mean, I don't understand. I, I can't I mean, tell you what would you be the purpose of doing that to somebody. I don't get it. Well, you know, I can't get into the heads of these people. I cannot justify anything they did except that they seem to. Well, I'm not looking for justification. Just what would I mean? I, I don't understand what would motivate people to do that. You, you know, I can only speculate that they somehow. Uh, the question was put to them at one point: Is she somehow? Is she better to you? Better uh, to your benefit? To, the, to speaking to one of the guardians. Um, is she better to you dead than alive? And if somebody's going to be better to you dead than alive, you would have to say, what What benefit? Is, is there money out there someplace? Is there something else going on that we don't know? Um, I, I can't tell you why they would do it. I, it's, it's so cruel. It's so evil. Uh, and I can't give you any justification why they do it. I, they, they had no reason to do it. There were the family... Uh, was working with me. We were petitioning together to take over the guardianship, and the court system is so rigged. I mean, I just the probate court is one of the most ungodly, un-American, anti-constitutional things that ever happened. It's terrible. Stay away from probate court. If don't don't let anybody you know get near it. Uh, it's just it's nothing. Oh, but um, a, I, I a, tell you a, what, I'm uh, I'm in the life insurance industry. You know, I'm actually <laughs> in life insurance sales and. Uh, in one of the places I do business in, actually, I mean, it's it's from a company I work with, but I am licensed in, in Florida. And, uh, yeah, that's one of the things we talk about all the time, is, you know, with, with people is probate and doing everything they can to keep, uh, you know, themselves at least when it comes to their life insurance out of probate. Uh, because, I mean, time, the, the time, the money, uh, things you're probably, you would point out, uh, yeah, definitely um, – uh, you know, I, I know some about not not as much maybe as yourself about probate, but you know, just you know what I've touched on, you know, in in my field, you know, with that is is yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a feeding frenzy for the attorneys. It's it's a feeding frenzy for these guardians, uh, and, and and I'm saying that guardians in general, just like we saw what happened in the case out in um, uh, Nevada. So it's just it's. It's awful. I, I just can't, again, I can't stress enough, most Americans just think, oh, this could never happen in America. We don't believe in abusing people, especially the elder. And um, I guess the other thing i got to get in here, you know, in Florida, because we do have a high senior citizen population, 
all mm-hmm. the political propaganda. And you're, you're going to hear it when they start campaigning this coming year, you know, about how they care about seniors and elder care. And there's a uh, report elder abuse. It's a crime. And the DCF, the Department of Children and Family Services, it's such a fraud. We had many of us called, not just me, but many of us called to say, you got to look into this. you got to do something. And the honest to God's truth, they, you know, first off, it's a hotline, but it's going to take us five days, five business days to get back with you. It's a hotline for abuse, but it's going to take us five business days to get back with you. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> kind of like someone saying suicide prevention. Can you please hold? <laughs> exactly, you know. <laughs> and uh, and I mean, I'm laughing here because it's making a joke about it. The but absurdity it's of it. It's, you know, and um, honest to God's truth. The day after the lady died, the the DCF office uh, uh, called me, and uh, the lady's talking to me, and she's saying, um, did you need to add anything else to your report? Is there anything you thought of that you think needs to be included, and blah, 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 blah. And, and I'm like, I'm almost like speechless, you know, and she's, and I finally say to her, I said, you do know she's dead now, right? You know, she died last night. Oh, no, I didn't know that. I said, yeah, DCF did nothing, and we've been calling you for weeks, and you did nothing. She's dead now, but Mm, you should be investigating. Kind of like the VA. I I haven't heard, yeah, I haven't heard a peep. So, um, and the other thing that um, I guess – uh, when the campaign starts, when they get out there, trust me, I'm going to be talking to a lot of these candidates out there about um, uh, what they what they think of elder care in the state of Florida. But right now, based on what I've seen here in Orange County, Florida, and I am talking about law enforcement, DCF, elder care, blah, 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 everything I have seen around this case in probate court, don't even get me talking about this judge. Um, in Judge Central who? Florida, Orange What's County. What's the name? Uh, oh, the judge's name is Jose Rodriguez. Please never vote for that guy. Do not get him into. He's going to be on the bench for one more year unless we can get him to resign. Big chance, a uh, fat chance on that one. But uh, make sure he doesn't get on the bench again. Um, you're too old to live. You, you know, when you get to be a certain age. In this case, the lady was 101. Um, you're too old to live in, in Florida. You're you're too old to live in Central Florida and the Orange County. We don't care about you because, you know, it's your time to die, and we're not going to do anything for you. That is exactly the way I see it based on what I personally witnessed with what they did. I, I, I mean, again, DCF calls me the day after she dies. Well, and, and, and Orange it, County Sheriff would do nothing. Well, and, and I think there's a, a point to that, what you're saying, uh, and – Something you hear as well, I mean, this is a little bit off topic, but we won't go far on it, uh, is that that's why I think there's some of those major diseases such as, uh, you know, cancer especially, especially with cancer. I think that, one, there's there's too much money in it, and two, uh, I think that some people would rather keep it as it is because you know, they can use it as a sense of population control and, and you know, weeding out. Uh, the people, especially, you know, older folks, I mean, that's terrible to say. And, I mean, 
at this point, I wouldn't have like evidence per se on it, but I mean, it does. I mean, I, I think, I mean, now that through my understanding, I mean, even AIDS now is a death sentence and even now cancer isn't either depending on the type and how far and how they catch it. But to my understanding, even AIDS now isn't a, a death sentence. I mean, you really don't hear about that all that much anymore. We used to hear about AIDS all the time in the eighties and nineties, but now you really don't hear uh, much of it. And maybe it's because a lot of famous people got, it. I don't know. Um, but it does seem like that, you know, those types of diseases, it just makes you wonder why things like that just have not been, been cured yet. But anyway, go ahead. And I said, we're not going to go too far into that. But No, well, and when it comes to the health care, I mean, the, the nursing facility that she was in, um, uh, which was Regent's Park, um, dead cockroaches on the floor right in the room she was in. Um, they had her sitting in a wheelchair with no proper support for her legs, and her one leg was totally swollen. We've got pictures of this, so we, 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 you know, this isn't stuff we have to make up. Um, and so the, the care that they give, and the, I mean, everything they did, it, especially in the last seven months, uh, I can't stress enough as to what happened in the last seven months of seven to eight months of this person's life. It's you, you thought they were fast tracking her death. Are you trying? And um, and you just. Time and time again, people who had known her for many years, including her chiropractor who had taken care of her for 10 years, people would just say, what are they doing? Why are they doing this? And there were many who would ask the question, are they trying to kill her? Are they trying to kill this lady? If they are, why would they kill her? Where is all the money? What are, what's out there in the background? There's got to be a reason if you want to kill this lady. Uh, I, you know, and again, I, for the life of me, I can't tell you what was going on in their head. I can only speculate because of the crazy, bizarre things I saw them doing um, and what they – taking away her most basic rights. I mean, taking away her right to go to her own church every Sunday, and she had gone to this church for 47 years, and they took away her right to go there every Sunday. Uh, and they took away her right to go out for lunch with her friends after church. They took away, like I say, took away her right to go visit with her family. I mean, this is sick stuff. Why would they do this? When there were those of us who weren't asking for money, who were offering to help her. And then hospice. You know, I'm just now getting into more of what this hospice thing really is. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. For those of us who had been around her all this time, we did not see any terminal illness. So we don't really understand what this hospice was, except, again, it just looked like starting back in March of this year, there seemed to be this fast track. We're going to destroy this lady's life. Uh, we don't think – we think she's too old to live, and we're going to figure some way to take her down. And, and I'm just – I can only, I'm saying this based on what I saw, what I personally witnessed. And why we were seeking to change the guardianship, why we were seeking help from DCF and elder abuse and the Orange County Sheriff. There were so many things we witnessed firsthand. And in the very end, um, from everything that we, our, the friends of her, those who truly loved her and her family, witnessed this hospice thing, once they started this, they were putting pain meds, that's what they told us, that's what the hospice and the uh, hospice nurse and the RN who was there at this place uh, told her they were mm-hmm. giving her some type of pain med. Uh, and then they mm-hmm. stopped all food and water. 
Now, someone said, well, but See, that's bullshit. That pisses me off, excuse my friend, yeah. more than anything else. I, it pisses me off so much to hear that kind of stuff. It, you know, uh, remember Terry Schiavo down in, in mm-hmm. Florida? What the hell? Remember Terry Schiavo in Florida? Oh, yeah. They, they, basically star- they basically starved her to death. And actually, there's another person actually up here, uh, you know, that uh, it's been a while ago, but somebody I knew knew. I mean, it's like they basically let just – they just stopped feeding this guy. I'm like, so you're just going to let someone starve to death. My God, if you do that to a dog, you'd be in jail. Go ahead. Well, that's the absolute truth. If we treated an animal this way, you'd be in jail. But it's okay to do it to an elderly person because you say it's their time to die and that they're too old to live anymore. And, I mean, I can only tell you from the last seven to eight days that I was there and the people that I spoke to directly, she was never given any food, never given any water. When we even suggested it, we were told, no, we couldn't. Um, The uh, one other person had brought food into it. No, we can't do that. And the excuse was that, or the explanation, excuse me, explanation is that she would aspirate. Well, they could have used an IV or something to give water. They they could have done other things to give water. However, we personally believe, based on our knowledge of the, the person, um, we believe the drugs they were giving her, whatever the pain meds, were knocking her out so that she couldn't wake up. She had not, uh, she was malnourished at that point. From the point she she didn't she doesn't like institutional food at all, and um, she wasn't eating much at that point. And, and there, she had a fall where she had broken her hip, and that was she was in the recovery mode. They said she had a sore throat, and maybe that was the case. So they were giving her pureed foods. I know she was eating because I fed her. Um, I was there when I fed her, and. The night before, they discontinued all the water and the food. Her blood pressure was 122 over 64. That is not a person who's vegetated, and she was talking to us. She was awake. We we have proof of all this, but nobody cared. DCF didn't care. Orange County Sheriff didn't care. Just because one day she's doing just fine, she's recovering. She's, you know, she's recovering. Um, but she's awake. She recognizes us. She talks to us some. She eats the food. She drinks the water. You know, she's doing all these things. She doesn't, she's not in a vegetated state. But the very next day, all of a sudden, she cannot consume food. She's too, she's physically unable to consume the food because she would aspirate. And then they stop food and water. And then seven, eight days later, she's dead. And the month before, one mo- a month before, she died on the 12th. Uh, Hurricane Irma was uh, 9-11. Uh, I was with her for Hurricane Irma, and she was playing the piano that that weekend. Uh, I have the pictures of her that weekend. Four weeks later, she's dead. Nobody can justify to me, you know, uh, we we don't, um, because of HIPAA laws, and and it's not really, the, the guardians have the right to share information with who they want to, but they can use excuses not to, and they can choose not to. So we don't really know, and the doctors can't share anything without the consent of the guardians, um, that type of thing. So the, nobody truly knows what happened. I only know a month before she was still in very good shape, good health. There was nothing wrong with her. I got the pictures to prove it, and then all of a sudden she's dead, and I just a total disgust. And it's like how if this is really allowed to go on, 
Obama would be right that we're no longer a Christian nation because I don't believe Christians do this to each other. And we're no longer a Christian nation if we tolerate it because it's, it's just disgusting. And then I see the other cases and it's like, you know, something has to be done. So we can't allow this. As you said, if you treated a dog like this, you would be in jail. Why is it okay to treat a senior citizen uh, who's definitely not in any vegetated state by any means? It wouldn't be right to do it anyway. But somebody who's in a vegetated state is a, is a whole other scenario where some, you would do something slightly different and maybe somebody who truly couldn't eat. But why um, – everything I see just shows well, there's that all, they, well, here's the, well, And let me backtrack on that a little bit. Okay, if you cannot I – mean, technology is here, technology is great, and technology is going to get even greater. Okay, but my my point in on that, uh, Sally, and I do see other folks on the line. Just push the one on your number dial if you'd like to get in. Uh, but my point in that is we have the technology to feed people even if they can't swallow. I mean, right. there is plenty exactly. of people. I mean, think about it. I mean, so let's say you ha- I've got a friend uh, who has two ch- who has two ch- children. They're like young adults now, but they uh, they were born with hydrocephalitis. And for those who you know are familiar with that, you know what that is. But basically, it, it, for those who do not, is it, you can't get the fluid off your brain, okay? And you have to have shunts in your head to take the fluid off your brain. Well, some children, such as the ones that, that I knew as a friend of mine's uh, children, and they had to have they had to be fed with a stomach tube or whatever they call them, a feeding tube, okay? Well, they're young guys, right? Okay, and so what's the difference between feeding? You know, these young guys with a feeding tube because they weren't able to swallow because of the hydrocephalitis. But then you have someone such as her, oh, well, she can't swallow. Well, we have the technology to feed them whether they can swallow or not. Right. Right. And I, I, I'm not aware of any terminal illness that she was having at that point. I, she had fallen in and uh, broke her hip. And she came to the surgery from the hip surgery, excellent, but what, by what little bit I had been told. And then they said she had a minor stroke. Well, it, it, even, if, even if that was the case, and, you know, maybe she did, I know that I spoke to her the night before they discontinued the water and the food. I was there. I was there the days before. I had been there almost every day visiting her. I was there feeding her food. So I know what her condition was. I don't know all the medical stuff that they were doing in the background, but I can tell you that when we played the music, she listened to it. She tried to sing a little bit, but she was having a problem with the singing. She was awake and alert. Uh, I was showing her some pictures. She told me different things. It was uh, Gretna, Florida, where she was born. I showed her the picture. She said, oh, yeah, that's Gretna, where I was born. This isn't a person who's vegetated and totally out of it. And and even if they were, I mean, whose decision? Yeah. I mean, yeah, my, 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 you know, and you know, my, my, you know, faith in, in, in doctors and that have been shaken 13 years ago, when you know my mo- my mother was in the hospital, uh, and, and she had uh, she had lung cancer, but you know she was get, you know she got her first round of chemotherapy and you know things of that nature. Well, I was there. She was in the hospital 17 days. I was there every single day, every night. I mean, I mean, I was there for a long, long time. Uh, to the point that my work was getting mad at me, but I don't care. But anyway, uh, the one day, the one day, not only myself, the only, the only day, because, you know, I, I, I did share pairing, I, pairing with my daughter and this and that and what have you, so I had to get my daughter. 
But the one day that no one was – I wasn't there, and the one day that no one was there, she dies. So I'm like, did they just stop giving her care? I mean, what happened? And no, no answers were forthcoming you know, either. You know, and ever since that day, I've really haven't, you know, uh, trusted them. And then, uh, you know, I had know somebody who was in hospice. You know, they were passing from a brain tumor. I mean, the the time has come, but you know, towards the end, I mean, they're like, you know, they gave them some mix of morphine and something else supposedly to make them rest. But I mean, within minutes, within minutes of uh, of them giving this 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 oral. Uh, thing or whatever, I mean, she was gone. I mean, it's just like there was something yeah. other than morphine, I think, in there to do that. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, with uh, this particular person, she was very much believed in naturopathic. She took no prescription drugs except when she actually was having, like, the surgery and stuff. She didn't believe in it. And so for them to give her that, and, and they totally uh, ignored and rejected consulting with her primary caregiver, who was a naturopathic chiropractor, they refused to speak with him. And she had, he had been taking care of her for 10 years, and he had been there just a couple of days before all this started too. And he couldn't believe that they stopped the, the food and the water. And he thought, she, you know, um, she was still fighting to come back. And, I mean, for being as um, malnourished as she had been from going in and out of the hospital, um, for her to survive eight days, Seven to eight days. I mean, uh, as I recall, it was Wednesday evening was the last time she ate or had water, and she passed away a week um, Thursday from, um, when we, some of us were there with her. So that's when she passed we away. We were in Shiva, I thought it took, what, 12 days or something like that? Yeah, and, and see, Terry Shivo, because she had been being fed all along up to that point very well, where this lady, she hated the food at the place. So it was it was work to get her to eat it, not because she wasn't hungry, it's because she didn't like it. I mean, we even got pictures of her making faces when we were feeding her because she would make, so come on, eat some of this stuff, you got to eat some, and she would just make the awfulest face and um. <laughs> She didn't like the food at all, and so it wasn't that she wasn't hungry as much as it was she didn't like it. So um, stand eating it. So, so she was already malnourished before it started. And so Sally, Terry Shivo, let, yeah, yeah, and they wouldn't let you feed her other food that she wanted. Isn't that correct, Sally? Yes, um, they, that was even true. Even when we brought in different types of pureed food, they they, they would give us a, a hard time trying to feed her stuff. Um, unbelievable how many times they would try to stop us from giving her food prior to the total denying of water and food. They they every It's like anything we tried to do to help her, to uh, pro- prolong her life and make her life better, they didn't like. It just, that's the way it was. And... Um, it actually even started when I get to thinking about it, um, and Dr. Tobert, I'm sure you remember this, at her 101st birthday, um, the two, the one person was a guardian at that point. The other one eventually became a co-guardian, which I need to talk about that too. Um, they totally resented the 101st birthday party that we had for her. They resented the fact that the media was there and was talking to her. I, beyond me to understand, she was having so much fun. Dr. Tolbert was there. Um, why would you be mad because she's happy? What was the, what was the guardian and then the, uh, and the 
next co-guardian who joined in in January, this was in December when she had her birthday, why would you be mad that she's happy? Explain what is wrong with you that you would be mad that she's happy. And that's what it was. And this other person, this is the other thing where the system is so rigged, and who knows what was going on with this judge. This judge needs to be investigated, Jose Rodriguez. He he appointed the co-guardian who was from out of state and not a blood relative, two things that are required by Florida statute. If you're out of state, hmm. you're supposed to be a blood relative. If you're not out of state, you at a minimum have to be a uh, resident of Florida. Two things that this person didn't meet still allowed them to be a co-guardian. Playing games with the law, call it collusion, call it conspiracy, whatever you want to. This case is so corrupt, so it's just despicable. But the, the saddest part, and I'm telling you to your audience out there now, if anybody knows an attorney who has the proper knowledge of guardianship law, especially here in Florida, who actually has the courage to challenge what has happened here, uh, possibly in a wrongful death or something like that, I don't know. I'd have to talk to, to them. I would really like to talk to them because that's the other part of this, which is exactly what the lady Julie Belshi was saying in Nevada, is that it's the, the collusion, the conspiracy, they all band together. This is some kind of a racket that you just can't even imagine. And the attorneys all network together. They don't, they're, they're not going to get the judges mad at them. They're not going to come after each other. It, and literally, when I was seeking help, in uh, this area, once the plenary guardianship was assigned, they say, forget it. She has no choice. The state will never give her her rights back, even though we had a lot of evidence to show she should have had some, at a minimum, some of her rights restored, which would have been her choice to choose who her guardian was, her right to vote, and the right to say where she wanted to live. Some very basic rights. They wouldn't give them back to her. This is evil, and it's really not by Florida statute if the law matters. It's not by the Florida Constitution. It's definitely not by the U.S. Constitution, but the law doesn't seem to matter anymore. If there's an attorney out there willing to challenge this stuff and help protect uh, or possibly see what the case would be here, but I'd love to know who they are because it's very difficult to find attorneys who will go after the state. And that's what needs yeah. to happen here, the state. And I, I didn't mean to cut two off two things, COVID, but two, yeah. Two things, two things real quick. Uh, one is uh, I do have to do a program, you know, but I'm a little bit late on this. Uh, and then I have a, a quick question. But first, let's hear from the Patriot Journalist Network. You're not just listening to a show. You're part of the powerful voice of the conservative conversation on Blog Talk Radio. Nothing worthwhile has ever been accomplished without teamwork. PJNet invites you to help make a difference by adding your voice to the team, grassroots, conservatives working together to take our country back. To find out more, check out the PJNet hashtag and visit our website at PatriotJournalist.com. Let PJNet add our muscle to your hustle. And definitely, folks, check out the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.PatriotJournalist.com which Bard's Logic Political Talk is a proud member. Uh, so check that out as well as uh, when you're checking that out. Also, uh, feel free to share tonight's podcast 
uh, with folks so they can get the information from the show as well. And uh, we'd really appreciate that. And the question I have uh, for you, know, again, I see folks on the line. If you'd like to chime in, just push the one on your number dial. I'll get you to the green room so I could uh, just get your name, and then we'll get you into the show. And now, was there an autopsy? That, could you talk about? Because if they're going to want to find if there's any wrongdoing or anything of that nature, uh, they're going to want an autopsy. Do you know if there was an autopsy that has been performed? Well, that's a, that's a good, very good question. I'm glad you brought that one up is the Orange County Medical Examiner refused to do an autopsy. They kept trying to tell tell us, not just me, but us, that they're, um, they were deemed, they ruled, the doctor signed off that this was uh, death by natural causes, thus they had no jurisdiction to do an autopsy. That is not true by the state laws. I I researched it, and it's not just me, but others, were re- we were researching it together, coming up with the facts, and there were very specific reasons, and part of it was um, suspicious circumstances. And after everything we had been fighting over the guardianship care of, of this person, we had suspicious circumstances. We had a person who had a 122 over 64 blood pressure the night before, um, who all of a sudden was no longer able to consume food or water. There were there were definitely suspicious circumstances. Um, the fact that she had designated herself she wanted to be cremated, they could do it because of the cremation because obviously you can't go back after that. And then mm-hmm. there were other things if it was not natural causes. There were a See, that's why you getting frozen why. like myself. We go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> that's, um, they, they had the option to do this. But from what I could see, and I, I just call, I, to me it looks like a cover-up. It looks like protecting this hospice and um, death panel, whatever you want to call it, of what they do through hospice and stuff like this, to just go and say, well, the doctor said it was natural causes, so there's nothing we can do. Wait a minute. So the doctor could kill, and I'm not saying this doctor killed the person. Don't, don't, get, me, don't get carried away here. Uh, <clears throat> I'm not going to uh, make those types of um, – we can allege whatever happened, but say – a doctor did do something wrong and caused the death of somebody, and but they said, well, it was natural causes, so you're not going to investigate because the doctor said it was natural causes, even though the doctor may have made a mistake and killed the person? Then why do you need the medical examiner except for a car accident? Okay, yes, they were in a car accident and they got crushed. They're dead. <laughs> I mean, it makes no sense. And Orange County uh, law enforcement is a disgrace. I mean, I've had Orange my County. That sounds familiar. Why does Orange County sound familiar? I mean, is Orange County? Maybe that was the whole voting thing that uh, I don't know, but some, something sounds really familiar with Orange County. <laughs> Go ahead. Disney <laughs> <Well>, World. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Orlando, whatever you know. Um, it's. Um, no, I, no, I think it had something it, to do with either voting or maybe – was that maybe where Shivo was from? Or I don't know. Orange County just rings a bell. But real quick, I do got Susan on the line. She'd like to chime in as well. So let's go ahead and bring in Susan. Uh, thank you very much, Susan, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Well, I'm not sure what you're talking about, though. That's the problem. I just got on. Oh, well, you're you pushed the one on your number dial. <laughs> well, yes, I, I said I'd get in at a, by a certain time, so I was trying to keep my promise there. Oh, so, there you uh, go. Thank what, you very much, David. 
Yeah, what I want to do is kind of bring together what Sally's doing now because I wanted her to lay out the format. We went to the uh, Florida Elder uh, uh, Department in Tallahassee, and they did not respond to us until Monday, and uh, Miriam passed away on Thursday. And they got into the conversation that the family or the elder care in Tallahassee is not responsible for family guardianship. So your state of Florida would only cover or investigate the guardianship if it was done by professional assignments or not by the court's assignment of somebody that had four hours of training. So that was problem number one. Florida said that if you had a problem at Orange County, then you had to go back to the district and you had to file all the charges and all the paperwork. And we all know that for 10 years, I was a guardian for three ladies. Uh, One was born in Russia in 1918, and the other one was from the Commonwealth of Dominica. And they were given just a couple months to live when I first met them, and they lived another 10 years. And we know that, in fact, that if you put somebody in a home controlled by the state, they will pass away in a short period of time. But if you bring them as part of your family, they will live for a longer time. Well, what we did back in, uh, of course, I met Miriam several times, which Sally mentioned. I was there at her birthday party. I was there when she went in to vote um, in the 2016 election. And so I knew I knew Miriam as well as any person outside of the general family. I also sent you a picture uh, today by email, whereas I took a picture of Miriam several months ago when I went to visit her while she was at home and there was no security at the door. There was no fire alarms. Uh, people were walking in and out that had dementiveness. Uh, she was put in a room without any care or anybody to look after her, but they considered her to be dementive. They took away her rights. They wouldn't let her voice anything, but she could have got up and walked out the door anytime she wanted and nobody would have known anything. You walk in, there was no sign in, there was nobody security And this is the situation. Now, the problem is this is not the state of Florida. This is a national issue, and we've talked about this. So we wrote a letter to the president of the United States, and we covered the fact the state of Florida's violation of its own statutes of 744, and we went into the court-appointed guardianship and how the state of Florida is not, in fact, taken care of. Well, this is a national problem. So in the last week, the president of the United States actually signs a uh, bill that was presented by John Conan from uh, uh, Texas, and it gets into the fact that the Court-Appointed Guardian Accountability and Senior Protection Act helps to protect senior citizens from neglect, financial exploitation by strengthening oversight and accountability. Now, all these articles are on our website, CFAB 
CFABamerica.com. So you go to Citizens for a Better America, CFABamerica.com. We actually accounted for the history in September of what Sally was doing, what the Guardians were doing. And we sent the letter to the Supreme Court before the president signed off, before the senators got involved, before anyone was taking up the eldership. We went to the 100 senators. We went to all the representatives in the state of Florida over three months ago asking for intervention. Not one person intervened or made a comment until after Miriam's passings. Now, within that three months period, no one has heard national news of anything happening or anybody having senior care problems. Well, guess what? There are now seven states investigating and looking at within the last week. Now, remember, you know, Miriam just passed away. Remember, this article's been out for several months on our web that we melded to all the senators. We've been on all the national news media is posting the articles. We get three or 4,000 hits per day. Now, all of a sudden, it's getting ready for the 2018 election. So now what you're going to see is this is going to be an election thing, that people are going to take it on just like they did the immigration, just like they did Obamacare, just like they do everything else. This will be something that Morgan & Morgan will look at for a couple of days. This will be something that Governor Scott will look at for a couple of days only because Scott wants to run for the Senate, only because Morgan Morgan, uh, John Morgan wants to run for the governor of Florida. This issue has become a socialist issue. Now, if the federal government gets involved, overly involved in elder care, you will end up the same place or position that you did in Nazi Germany. Our churches, now I'm a pastor, I have degrees in theology, I have degrees in education, I'm retired military. So from the standpoint of theological speaking, our elder care belongs to the people of the communities, and they're not doing their job. Our churches are not doing their job. Our churches are not getting involved in helping the people. Our churches not taking over the responsibility of what do we do to help our neighbors, so the federal government comes up with programs on how and what they're going to do to govern. They're going to take your money away from your elders. They're going to take away well, the government's their taking over the churches. Doesn't it seem no. that way? I well, mean, they they're did. not taking over, that's... taking the place of, I should say. Well, no, that's exactly. If you go to the uh, community and you ask people of the communities of the poor families, do you trust your church over the federal government? And they will tell you they trust the federal government over the church today. The federal government has replaced the responsibility of our communities that were governed by God and were governed by the intervention of people that believed in God. Now, this is not meaning that you're strictly a Christian or a Jewish or a Mormon or a Buddhist or a Hindu. This means that in the past, these communities took care of their people. Now, Venezuela is a good example how the government in Venezuela did exactly the same thing that's going on in America. They started by taking over the senior citizens. Hitler started there too. Then they took over the youth and the, the, the young people. They actually drafted the men into the military in Venezuela. They drafted in, in uh, Hitler's time the youth armies, and they brought those in. We're seeing the same exact direction in America today. 
So our letter goes out and we see all this going on and we write these letters and we say, well, what is the violation? Well, you know, the Constitution violation of the right to vote, just take that one subject. Here's a person that you cannot deny any rights to vote of incompetency. And when you talk to the elder care, they say, well, you know, if you're insane, you get the right to vote. If you can't see, someone can help you vote. If you have any issues in a senior home, because I, when I ran for the governorship, uh, I went to over 150 senior citizen places and they had a right to vote. Uh, and they were as competent or not as competent as Miriam was. There's over 1,800 people just in the state of Florida alone that is facing the same exact problem. And our ministries, our ministers, our people of the state are not taking on their responsibility of taking care of the guardianship. Now, what I found out when I was a guardian, that I had to get a power of attorney, I had to get a signed trustee, and I had to be assigned all these issues or I would have lost the authority over these three women. So I was able to control, and when family services knocked on the door, I told them to leave. And they had an officer with them, and I said, you can't come in here because I have complete control and guardianship, and I have all the paperwork. And you cannot breach her or my rights under the amendments of the Constitution. And they would leave. Uh, when Rita, who was born in 1918 in Russia in a Siberian uh, prison camp during the Bosnian conflict on 2 o'clock on a Friday morning, uh, God said, take her to the hospital. I took her. They said, all right, you know, she's not going to make it. It's her time. What do you want? I said, I want her back at the house. She came back home. They wanted to put her on drugs. Hospice did. Uh, we, I disagreed. I said, she will not go on drugs. And within 48 hours, Rita said, Charles, it's time for me to go. Uh, she would have been on drugs. She would not have been able to say that. And I said, well, you have my permission. And she then passed. Um, so my experience is like Sally has went through. Unfortunately, we don't get involved in time. We don't look at our communities. We don't look at our senior citizens. So when you go to the website and you read the case of the guardianship of Miriam and you look at the Constitution and you look at Amendment 14, well, where was Miriam's right under Amendment 14? What was her religious rights under the First Amendment when they wouldn't let her go to church? What was the state doing when they didn't take the authority under the Tenth Amendment? And how and what could we do under the Constitution? So we submitted it to the Supreme Court. Well, the Supreme Court says under Article 3, you don't have a right to go to the Supreme Court. And we said, well, you're wrong. If the state does not accept what we're doing as an individual of we the people, we have a right to go directly to the Supreme Court. So what we're trying to do is take Miriam now, who is still with us by spirit, and use this experience to correct all the problems we have in America. Now, American population is probably around 30% now what they consider senior citizens. If you want to look at anybody over 55 or 65 today being senior citizens, given they live now to be 80, 90, 100 years old, you know, why have we qualified these and marketed this? It's become a real problem 
And when we were on Sally's show on Monday, we got into the fact, if you believe in God and you follow the Old and the New Testament, then you've got to get and be responsible because in the Bible, it says the elder will run, teach, and control. What happened when Solomon dies is that the son takes over and he hires only the young. And the, and the whole, because the young congressmen, the young senators, the young people running for office, the lack of knowledge, we don't have the elders doing anything in America anymore. We lock them up in the room. They're not teaching our young. They're not giving the experience. They're not doing anything. You had a woman, Miriam, who had the capability of teaching, who was teaching up until her very last day, was teaching people, and nobody was present from the government, the community, the hospital, or anyone to get taught of what we were doing to misuse the people. So you want to take it from there? Who are you talking to? <laughs> I think it's up to you, Sally. Okay. It looks like we lost uh, Susan's call. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to get Susan uh, back in. I know she stayed at Shirley State for a short period. Of course, uh, we want to thank you, Susan, for uh, joining us. Uh, so go, go ahead, uh, go ahead, Sally. Okay. Yeah, and you know, um, it's it, it's just boggles the mind that we do this in America, and I can't stress that enough. The in, there were so many other options. There were just the most basic right to pursue happiness. Why would you want to deny happiness? Uh, Tolbert was there at the 101st birthday party. She was grinning ear to ear. She was having the time of their life, and they were mad. And the thing, too, now this thing with the family and the public um, guardianship, make sure it's understood that the two guardians who were appointed to her were not her blood relatives, and they were court-appointed. That's the other part. I mean, it's court-appointed, and by state statute, they were required to provide oversight. There were certain things that the guardian was supposed to do. And we have the, the, the proof, the documentation, well, I mean, it, it, of what things they failed and refused to do. Um, I can give the one, and this this was actually in the hearing, <clears throat> excuse me, um, the, the comment was made uh, about refusing to get her better hearing aids. Well, if you can't hear very good, do you think you might answer questions incorrectly? Um, I had her uh, her ear her hearing tested, and she had at that point, which was a, a year ago, fifty two percent word recognition. So she would hear you, but things would be always just a little bit skewed, so that she wouldn't gas might sound like gap or something. And she would she'd repeat questions and say, "No, that's not what we said," and because she couldn't hear. Well, do you think that might impact your ability to communicate if you can't hear, or even your ability to remember? And when when the question came to the guardian that um, why didn't you get her hearing aids, the guardian, and this isn't the exact quote, but to the effect, what difference does it make? She can't hurt. She's got short-term memory loss. She's not going to remember five minutes later what she said. This was what was, I mean, again, that's not the exact quote, but that was the general. And this is this is what this person was saying. This is why you're not going to get her hearing aids? 
because you don't think she can remember enough? You don't think the hearing might be part of the problem? Uh, you know, the the things that should have been done to help um, improve uh, her situation, this lady's situation, make her um, healthier, stronger, restore her capacity to the max that could be restored, which is what you're supposed to do by the statute. Um, they They don't do it, and nobody cares, and it comes down. I'm going to say it again. You're too old to live. You're this old. You're you're too old to live. And some always, uh, some say that was all part of Obamacare. The death panels, they're going to determine. Well, you're at a certain age, so you are too old to live. Now, was it she was too old to live through Obamacare, or was it because society, especially the caregiving at this point, said, well, you're really too old to live? Is that what the real problem is? What what's what's the deal? And, you know, as I say, uh, uh, I can't explain a lot of what happened. I have to speculate, and I allege, whatever you want to call it, all this other stuff. But nobody else can explain it to me, and when you ask questions, no one answers. When when you say, why didn't you do this uh, uh, when, uh, when there was a, a medical problem with the swelling of a right leg and you refused to do anything, isn't that neglect when you're even told by her primary health care provider? You don't do anything, and the swelling of the leg is a really serious issue. But no, it's okay. Don't don't do anything because she's really just too old to live anyway. Uh, don't don't get hearing aids because she's not going to remember what she said. So just leave her dead. Uh, you know. Well, that's it. And and I mean, I think I have enough documentation to support everything I'm saying here. Um, but you know, nothing's been nobody's been charged with anything or whatever. It's just this insanity of guardianship. It, I, I, I don't even know. It's, it's beyond me. I still, to as much as I've seen it firsthand and I've been dealing with it, it's still like this is happening in America. And if it's happening and here then, in this case, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I mean, and I know you, you emailed this to me, Dr. Colbert, uh, but for you know, for those listening, I mean, it, it, there is a way. At least what you, you sent to me. Uh, but I'll let you describe that on, on how to get, have someone get out of guardianship, that type of guardianship. Yeah, and, and this is one of our problems right now, you know, that once the courts take over the case, the court does not want to release the case. And this is where we went and thought we could get it released because we could take it to the higher courts. Well, the lower courts over the last two years refused to let this go any farther so that meant that any guardian today or anyone that has a parent needs to have a signed document by their parents before they're considered to be incompetent that states that that child or that primary or the next person that would be responsible would have full authority, and that way the state cannot assume that responsibility. And this is what happened in the case of Marion, there was no documents authorizing a person to have the notary or the trustee. And so when the states made a decision, when Miriam hurt herself and put her in temporary care, they made a decision that she was going to have uh, state care on a temporary basis. So they assigned a temporary guardian that then became a court assigned, and they considered her to be incompetent. Because what Sally just said, she could not hear the question, so she couldn't answer it. 
when I was taking care of the lady born in 1918, I took her in every year and I had her ears tested because I knew that when I spoke with her, she was not able to respond unless she had her hearing aid on and also that it was adjusted accordingly because hearing does deteriorate over a period of time with everybody. And so you need to be able to comprehend. Now, Rita just happened to be a very intelligent woman. She was a model. She was an actress. She was a clothes designer. Uh, She was uh, involved in Christian science churches. She went out and did a lot of things in the community, and she did not want to be in a senior citizen home. So when her son in Europe wanted to put her in a senior citizen home, she said no, had me sign the documents, and I took authority over everybody because of what she wanted. She got her rights, and nobody could intervene. I actually was able to make sure that she got out every day, a couple hours a day, that that she did not have any problems. And because of that, where she was going to pass in six months, she lasted 10 years. How long would Miriam have lasted if the courts had assigned Miriam to Sally's house? And if and when Miriam did pass, would she pass with the same attitude that Rita passed? For everything you've done, thank you, God, for being there with me. Uh, Charles, God says it's time for me to leave. Goodbye. It's 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 not happening. We're not doing it. And we, you, me, Sally, uh, every American person has to look at these these families, our mothers, our fathers, our brothers, our sisters, our neighbors. And we have to get involved in order to sign documentation to protect that person. Our guardianship today is about can I make money off of being a guardian? That's all it's about today. It's not about the care of a senior citizen. It's not about the care of our family as we as we did. It's kind of the story what happens to an elephant when it dies. It goes off into the woods and dies by itself. Is that what we're doing today? We're taking our family members and we're sending it out like an animal to a place where it is not allowed to be around its relatives? How many times did uh, Sally and I get involved in the fact that she could not pick up Miriam Taker to church? What right are the violations of the Constitution? And how are we as American people going to prevent this Unless we all get involved in the, in the situation, Robert. Yeah, let's go ahead. And, no, I agree, and that's you know what we want to talk about here: some solutions. And let's go ahead and bring in uh, Kelly. Thank you very much, Kelly, for coming to the uh, the room. <laughs> coming to the show. How are you today? Oh boy, we've had some nice Indian summer here in Northern California. Um, my heart is bleeding right now. So. <laughs> Uh, from a heart, from a uh, broken heart of a loving woman named Miriam, and the people around her saw this. Imagine that if she went to church, how much good love and advice she would give to people. I mean, okay, I'm 51. All right, I'm 51. You know what? I would love to seek the advice. 
of an elderly woman or man like her. And for the state to interfere with this by preventing her from going to church, from preventing her from doing community service, this is terrible. This is a tragedy. The elders in our life have so much to give us, and they want to give us advice, clarity, words of grace. Um, it's frustrating that the state gets involved, and they say, well, you know, you're too old and you should die. Are you, are you out of your mind? They have so much blessing they can endow upon us. Why should this be stopped? I have been so blessed so many times by so many older men and also older women. It's like, wow, I didn't think about this. You know? The elders in the community have such a great asset to the community by just even their presence. And 101, she has a birthday party, and she lit up. She lit up because those she loved were there. Those she had helped were there. People of this age realize, look, this life isn't about me. It's about how I can help others. And for the state to intervene and stop this, there is something chronically wrong. So I just... I'm really glad that Sally and Dr. Tobin were there to help her and try to help her do what she was doing. I'm just, I'm, I'm just really glad that they were there for her. Over to you, Robert. Yeah. And you know, Kelly, the thing about it is that we have forgotten that, you know, we have so many people around us that are not being taken care of. And, you know, you, you know, we talked about the church and Sally will get into us. And Sally, how many times did the pastor and the members of that church actually come to Miriam to do anything? Well, we had a couple of people who were um, um, close friends of Miriam's who had gone to the church. And in fact, the one gentleman was, um, had known Miriam for 45 years. So there was a small group that, you know, were there with her. But when it came, the pastor, I only know of him coming to her one time. Maybe he did twice, um, but I only know of once. And there was a person who said um, he was her deacon, but I never saw him there. Um, Seriously? So I don't know. I myself, I never did. And when I would try to speak with him at church, he would usually go the other way. He seemed to be more aligned with what the guardians were doing and seemed to be accepting of what the guardians were doing, from what I could tell. He he really, when they first, what I, I want to say kidnapped, but they didn't technically kidnap her. But in March, when they moved her from one facility to another, refused to disclose her location to her family and friends, refused to give the phone number, which a cell phone I provided for. They changed the phone number on the phone I provided. There was no way to communicate with her, and there was no way to find her. They did this, and there was a a period of about six weeks from March 1st through Easter Sunday where she was not allowed to go to her church on Sunday. I know she wasn't there because I was there going for her. I was representing her her in her church. 
I was not a member of that church before that. She, But she went there. I mean, she'd gone to that church for like 47 years. And um, so I was there. And then the person who was trying to tell me from time to time that they were the deacon, when I tried to ask them about her, they, the, he wouldn't answer. When I, when I, and again, I never saw him except one time after the hip surgery, one time that I see him actually visit her. So I don't know what kind of a deacon he was supposed to be, but there were a couple of other people from the church who were, who were there all the time, just like I was. And um, then a couple other people here and there would visit uh, and send cards and things like that, but I don't know of any other um, actions. I did actually speak to one member who was an attorney, and I was hoping that the attorney would help, but that really didn't last too long. Um, maybe they were a little bit more proactive in helping to get her to come to her church once in a while, but they weren't able to make that happen every week. And there was no reason, I stressed, no reason why she could not have gone to her own home church every week. Either the uh, guardians, one of them could have dropped her off and someone else could have taken her home, or there was me and other people who offered to pick her up to take her. She had a walker. She was not on an oxygen tank. Or, you know, It wasn't like she had some severe health conditions that needed some special care. She had a walker. You know, you, you just took your time, that's all. Took a little bit more time, and that was it. She, and uh, we got the pictures of her in her church, you know, shortly before all this happened, too. So why isn't it, isn't it abuse? Tell me, is it not abuse, emotional abuse, to deny someone at that age the right to go to their own church? And I'm um, honest to God, I mean, I wish I could say I was making this up, but initially the guardian said two things I heard. Why they were denying her the right to go to her church um, was taking her to this other person's church, which is considered a distributed church for those who, who might be familiar, go to that church for Lent. I'm taking her to my church for Lent. Okay, does that make sense? No, not to me. And then the other I heard, and I believe it was actually um, either an email or a text, is that going to a different church would help her adjust to her new environment since she wasn't going to be allowed to have her friends and family around anymore, uh, apparently, because, again, that's when they blocked us all. They wouldn't even tell her relatives. Her blood relatives were being denied where she was at, the uh, information of where she was at or to contact her. They said this new church was going to help her adapt to her new way of life. Her new way of life okay. was to mean she was going to be isolated. Oh, my gosh. Well, here's here's the thing, okay? She's obviously, from what you're telling me, she's helping a lot of people. Why would the state stop that? That doesn't make any sense. The state is a cold machine. People on salaries, good salaries, but they miss the heart. The heart is that we are supposed to help each other. I volunteered way too much time at the local homeless shelter, but it's changed me. And this is the kind of woman that if she went to her church, people would approach her. And, probably, and I want to ask you that. Do people did at her church did people approach her and talk to her because subtly they were seeking help? And for the state to block that is a travesty. Oh yeah, uh, people always approached her, always gave her a hug. I've got so many pictures of her with her friends at church. 
Uh, for years, she had been in the choir. She wasn't in it at you know at the end there, but she was. And um, she uh, is inspirational. She a very a person who truly, genuinely loved life. Um, finding her without a smile on her face was few and far between. And I mean, and again, uh, at Hurricane Irma time, this was one month before she died. She was still putting on her own eyelashes. <laughs> I mean. Um, one time I tried to help her and I said, forget this. I can't do this. You're better off without my help. And she would put her own eyelashes on, put her own makeup on, get dressed, all these other things. So this is not a person, again, in a vegetated state. Um, so, and, but the, the motivation, and she talks all the time, how did she have, what was the, what did she contribute her longevity to? She would say chiropractic. She did not like the medical profession. She did not believe in traditional medicine. She did not believe in prescription drugs. Diet, key to diet, what you eat, um, not eating a lot of the processed foods and things like that, and then um, attitude. So these were what she contributed. And when you say, well, I guess it was working, because how can anybody argue because um, she lived to be 101. I personally, it is my deepest belief, she should have lived to be at least 102 had she been given the proper care. And I will go back and say, just so everybody understands um, what had happened a couple years back, she had fallen and she had hit her head. Uh, there was a lawsuit. There was, um, and she, because personally to me, you know, we all have some memory loss, whatever. She she never had any severe memory loss. She was still driving her own car, which was a Cadillac, uh, prior to this accident where she fell and hit her head. And then there was a, a lawsuit, and that's when she suffered some memory loss. But to me, the mentality was, well, she's this old. She, she's 99 at that time. Um, she's too old, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to go and give her any memory therapy. We're not going to do any of those kind of things, whatever. So they never, as far as I'm concerned, never treated the memory loss like they would have done with a younger person had they fallen and hit their head. Um, so the uh, combination of the memory loss and the, the, um, lawsuit, which created some money, I don't, I'm not privy to what the actual money amount of the lawsuit was. This is where the decision to petition for a guardianship came in. So when I go back and it's like, and the person who, at the time, uh, I, I mean, I was aware this guardianship was being done, but again, I thought it was strictly to protect financial interest. It wasn't to take away all of her rights. Um, I never knew anything about plenary guardianship. And others who who were um, who knew this person more than me didn't seem to have a problem. They never challenged it. So, you know, at the time, it's like, well, maybe this is a good thing because it was supposed to protect her financial interest. But, of course, once the attorneys got in there, they were the ones who financially abused her, nobody else as far as I'm concerned, um, and did not properly represent her. And then the, to seek the um, – to reinstate some of her rights, Miriam wrote the court and um, – she, she wrote a, a letter to the judge in her own handwriting, okay, her own handwriting. She said, I don't want this person to be my guardian. I want my right to vote. I want, I, I want you to do something. Say, help me out, judge. Help me, Judge Rodriguez. And then there were three of us who also sent in uh, capacity letters. And we had other documentation that said, you, yes, we can communicate with Miriam. Yes, she understands what we're saying. 
And yes, there is some memory loss, so she needs some help, but she should have the right, one, she should have the right to vote, two, she should have the right to choose her guardian, three, she should have the right to say where she wants to live, to have some input in it. Uh, But yes, she still needs a little bit of help to keep um, her finances and her things in order like that because there had been, with the memory loss and stuff like that. So, um, and she couldn't drive anymore and things like that. So yes, she needed some help. But she wasn't. She shouldn't have been denied citizenship. She, I mean, she had less rights than a dog. Truly, I mean, it, it just came down to you wouldn't treat a dog that way. So we were petitioning, trying to restore her rights, and we should have. I mean, I, I have since had, based on the information, I've had other attorneys, uh, probate and guardianship attorneys, who said, you know, looks like some of her rights should have been restored, at a basic level, a minimum level. She should have been allowed to vote. She should have been allowed to say who she wanted to be her guardian, but the court wouldn't even give her those rights. Had the court done that last year, we wouldn't be in the situation today either, in my own opinion. I do not believe for one minute. If, if Even if Miriam had become sick, even if she, uh, this, this person had become sick, the, um, at a minimum, she would have died in a home not in a facility. And there are those of her friends out there who can tell you how many times in her 90s she was going to visit people in nursing facilities and in these places. She would bring them uh, pies and things like this. She was doing this, and she would say, I don't ever want to end up in one of these places. promise you will never let me end up in one of these places. And then... The people who were who were um, claiming to care about her, uh, and this really includes the person in in Georgia as well, they were the ones who seemed to violate to show the least respect, the absolute least respect for what this person believed in. She didn't believe in drugs; they drugged her. She didn't want to live in a facility; they wouldn't let her live in a home. She wanted to visit with her friends and her family; they wouldn't let her do that. I would take her to a dog park. They wouldn't let her do that. They wouldn't let her go to her church every Sunday. These are the things they did. If that's not emotional abuse, I don't don't know what it is. If that isn't abuse of a person, it's amazing. Real quick, folks, I think we have Susan back on the line. Let me go ahead and get her back in, okay? Okay. Okay. Thank you. Susan, you're back? I know you had some phone uh, charging or something. I I had to reboot it. Um, reboot it? Don't okay. ask me. Yeah, something's <laughs> acting up with it really weird. Uh, so I didn't hear a lot. I can't believe NSA Bob would have any problems with this conversation, but go ahead. <laughs> nursing home and all that. I, I heard Cindy say something about nursing home stuff which I can't contribute much to any of that because my parents have been there for years. So my mom worked in nursing home, so I don't know anything about rights for seniors other than there. You have problems, you can go to a senior advocacy. Just like there's child advocacy, there's senior advocacy. So I don't know if that helps or anything or not. Well, actually, if I could, I can jump in on that one. Um, Good old Governor Rick Scott People need to really know, and, you know, this issue has to come up with him trying to run for the Senate now. Um, 
he actually, I guess, shortly after he got into the governor's office, he uh, deregulated the nursing homes and the facilities, and he actually downsized and blocked or eliminated a lot of the senior advocacy services that were out there. Um, uh, I would have to check and pull up some of those, uh, the statistics on it, but this had been reported to me a couple of times from somebody else who was doing the research on this and said, so, yeah. And also, in the case of Rick Scott, he was part of the, um, the largest Medicare fraud scam in the country. Billions of dollars of Medicare fraud. Of course, the stupid people of Florida still elected him as governor, and I never – I mean, why would you vote for anybody who does this? <laughs> and he, he took the fifth 75 times. Took the fifth 75 times. So the things that people think Florida does, uh, the advocacy they think is out there through the state, just like elder care and the elder care hotline that's very cold – and DCF and these other things, uh, don't hold your breath. It's it's not there. It's all uh, window dressing for campaigns, but it, when reality, it's it's not there. Um, and DCF, I, I, don't know I didn't know that. Any. Yeah, but I know yeah. I don't well, like Rick Scott. Ever since he fired that one sheriff that for doing his duty, yeah. you know. So yeah. I have not liked Rick Scott, and I've always said he was a phony, and a lot of people think he's great so no i didn't know it because we have it here in idaho and we have it in washington state because they're real strong on child advocacy so i know that there was you know so i don't know i don't know why florida is different I'll tell you well, seniors better beware because <laughs> um florida really does go out there promoting itself as a this wonderful place for seniors when in fact it's really the opposite it's uh it's definitely not a haven for seniors you better make sure to you have retire all your in, right? in place. Correct. Correct. Okay. And um, I guess the the other lady from uh, Nevada, uh, Julie Belshi, she was talking about how these guardians, these people who want to be guardians, whatever, um, the cottage industry here, they target these retirement communities. So they that, that's part of how they find their victims or whatever you want to call it, the, the people they claim they're going to help. So, But those are the professional. In the case uh, that I'm talking about, they were not professional, but they were, I guess, deemed to be family. But the court was still responsible for their oversight because the court appointed them. They were, in fact, agents of the state. And, again, if there's an attorney out there who actually has a backbone and has the will to do what's right, uh, just follow the law. If you know, come talk to me. Let me show you the facts, the evidence that I've got. And if um, if you can um, tell me why everything I'm saying is totally wrong, and this isn't there isn't a crime or a sin here, a, a crime. Uh, trust me, I truly believe the crime violating the state, uh, the, the U.S. Constitution, the state constitution, and the state statute. Um, let me know. Because I just don't, I don't see it. Uh, the, this is criminal and sinful, as far as I'm concerned. My own personal opinion, <clears> based let, on what let, I've let, seen. Well, let, let me, Sally, Sally, let me try to address how you're feeling right now. What you're feeling is a chronic travesty, where the state is a dutiful mechanical machine versus heart. Heart is saying, hey, let's love other people, let's care about each other, and let me do this. 
and the state is saying no, and there are some people saying, well, you're too old, you should die. It's hard to accept that such evil. It's hard to accept that such evil is actually happening. You are in the right. Okay, your your cause is righteous and good against a state that is a mechanical machine and doesn't really care. So that's something that you know in your heart of hearts, if you can reconcile or somehow take to God and realize. The state is wrong here, and the actions are wrong, then I think you're going to be able to make a difference by sticking to your convictions of heart, of love, and eventually the lawmakers are going to get it. It's a challenge to persevere. And I would applaud you in every way I can to continue in what you're doing. So I guess with that, I would ask. Have there been changes in the legislature of Florida and other states to address this issue? Um, A couple of years ago, they did pass something that was supposed to help tighten up uh, guardianship oversight, but it was really what they were calling for the public guardianship, which is public slash professional, whatever. So it was a little bit different oversight on those. It didn't have anything to do with what they're calling family guardianship, um, which, again, it's court-appointed. Family family guardianship, it's one thing if the family member who truly is becoming the guardian of a a parent or something. Um, But if the court is appointing, if the court is going to assume that role, then they have to be liable for the actions of the guardians that they appoint, and those guardians are now an agent of the state, and they don't um, they don't seem to recognize it that way. And the other part, this is I mean this was something interesting too, um, trying to terminate the guardianship. Now we were already trying to terminate it before all this happened um, because we saw things we didn't like with what was happening. And this was her family and me working together. And so that was one thing, going in to remove the current guardians and to take over. The Then once she passed away, it says, the state of Florida says, guardianship terminates at the time of death when the death certificate is signed. Okay, that's when it says. But no, that's only the guardianship of the body. The guardians are still out there taking control and of the property and the finances and whatever else. And trying to, while it says um, the next of kin, part of it says that the next of kin has the right. That's a whole other scam as to what's going on here too because the family is trying to exercise their rights as next of kin, but there's another game going on with whatever they're doing. Um, I can only speculate uh, what would take so long to go and close out and terminate these up guardians because now the person's dead and to return the property of, of this uh, person back to the family? Why would they not do that? What other game is going on? So it's just a travesty in so many ways. Even after dying, they can't give this person some respect. It's just um, evil, 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 evil. So beware. Do not uh, retire in Florida, people. Stay someplace else. Yeah, and as a reminder of what we had talked about earlier, that governor or the president 
uh, did sign off on the elder uh, care revisions that there would be more investigation, and this all took place this week. So our paperwork went to the president uh, over two months ago, and it went to all the senators, and I believe that Miriam's uh, demise and issues that have been created is now going to be a statewide through all 50 states review and that we're going to see more investigations into the guardianship and that the people in the state of Florida have to take a closer look as they do in California or Texas and other states. So it's really going to get back into the constitutional uh, violations. And hopefully now that we've sent the letters to the Supreme Court, that the Supreme Court will get more involved in looking at this. And unfortunately, that when we bring more government control, we lose individual citizen control. So we're asking from a pastoral standpoint that the people in America stand up under we the people and protect the rights of their adults and their parents, their siblings, because if we don't, uh, we're going to see that the money, and I think if there was an investigation, we would see a large amount of money upon Miriam's uh, passing went to a member or a friend in a different state that might have been part of the reasoning of the guardianship. Yeah, and, and, you know, and I think we, that... we keep... Yeah, uh, excuse me real quick. Yeah, go ahead, Sally. Yeah, I think that'd be a good segue we... to one of the other things that you wanted to, uh, to talk about tonight, uh, Dr. Tolbert, and that was, of course, with the IRS. But go ahead. Go ahead. We'll, we'll move into that shortly. Go ahead, Sally. Yeah, well, and the right now we keep asking the question, well, first off, if you're up in the state of Georgia, how are you taking care of somebody here in Orlando? You can't. So why are you a guardian to begin with? You shouldn't even be there by state statute and by the practicality that you can't be there to take care of them. Okay, so that's one piece. The other person was never supposed to stay on as a, as a long-term guardian to begin with. They didn't want to do it. They were supposed to be helping out because, again, it was all supposed to be temporary because of the accident. And then they wouldn't leave either. They refused to to go away. And there's just various things that we have seen happen that just challenge, why are you still there? Why are you the guardian? How is, how is it in the best interest of this person for you to still be the guardian? You couldn't justify there being the guardian. Something else was going on. So you can only speculate as to, you know, and let's face it, what's the number one reason you would think somebody would do something like this? money is there a money trail Mm -hmm. out there is there something else out there there seems to be something else going on now when it comes to this judge judge jose rodriguez he's probably covering the fact that when he first did this guardianship thing things weren't correct either probably not as kosher as they should have been and, and he needs to be investigated as well let me say one last thing about probate court and then we can you know you know you want to go on to some other topics but be aware, the other thing with probate court, and uh, how much I've realized on this since what happened, because it's probate, and they put a uh, a privacy wall around it, you know, so you, it's not like, it's not public record. It's public record, but you can't see it. <laughs> and they, they are able to seal a lot of these records. 
because um, I took the person down to the courthouse and said, here, if you want these papers, you have to request them yourself. I can't request them. You have to. Uh, so they were able to get hold of the papers, and we were able to find out certain things that had been going on. Um, but outside of that, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't have access to a lot of the information that um, that helped identify really some things that were concerning to us and why we believe there have been so many violations, why we believe there needs to be an investigation of this case. Probate, they get to hide behind privacy. So a lot of stuff that goes on there, nobody knows about. So you just think of how that fuels a corrupt process. Uh, it fuels a, the collusion or conspiracy uh, against the individual when you can do all this behind closed doors and nobody gets to see this stuff unless there's a, an investigation. And now, okay, you're asking the sheriff to go in and investigate what the judge has done. It's, it gets all very messy. They all protect each other. Nobody wants to rock the boat, and that's why I really hope there's one attorney out there someplace that has um, has some kind of ethics, integrity, has a backbone, and actually just um, has some values, just doesn't, you know, has some decency, if you will, who will actually challenge what is happening here. We, we just can't ignore it. We can't let it go um, unchallenged. It has to be investigated, and we've got to find somebody who can help do that. And thank you so much for letting me talk about this tonight. Oh, you're welcome, Sally. And uh, we do have some other folks in the line. Just push the one on your number dial. Uh, but as a programming note, we have about 22 minutes left of the live portion of the show. Of course, uh, the extended period is live as well, but it will not be able to be heard unless you are called in. Uh, called in. So if you're out there listening and you like to listen to the extended period, give us a call at 347 945-7428. Also on that is if you are currently on the call, uh, please make sure that your uh, phones or mics or whatever you're using to uh, to listen to the show are uh, well charged because unfortunately after the top of the hour and you are not uh, uh, if you lose the call, unfortunately we will not be able to uh, get you back in. So anyone else uh, who would like to chime in and push the one on your dial, I'll get you into the show. Uh, and then we'll continue forward. But first, another thing you, you sent me some information on you want to discuss tonight, Dr. Tolbert, uh, was, of course, one thing a lot of folks would like to do, and that's uh, ridding ourselves of the IRS and perhaps uh, looking at some other options. Uh, but what, what's your, uh, the things you want to bring uh, with us tonight or to us tonight? Well, there's a couple things going on. Right now, of course, we know that the president and Congress is looking at how to change the taxation and what they're really looking at more than anything else is what they call a flat tax and the flat tax is actually going to be the start of what they call hr 25 for people that don't know what hr 25 is hr 25 was submitted to the congress in 2008 and it's a consumption tax so the question is and we submitted this documents back oh maybe five months ago to the president and they are now looking at the tax changing and no one is really looking at the legality of the IRS and how Congress is responsible to ensure that there is fair tax. And instead the tax situation in America has 
benefited certain groups of individuals and also has benefited uh, foreign companies. So when we wrote the articles on Made in America or we wrote the article on uh, the consumption taxes or consumers' rights and its violations of the credit bureau, we really got into an article. And, and as much as I am not a Republican or a Democrat, this was originally written by uh, several Republicans. I think one was from Texas and one was from Georgia. And they can find this in it's one of the last of my articles on my website of CFABamerica.com. But what it gets into, it gets into the taxation and representation and how Congress can actually close down the IRS without a constitutional uh, amendment because the IRS is a agency assigned to do the duties of Congress. And they can then go into H.R. 25 setting up where each state would collect the federal tax when a person collected or paid for an item. That item then would have the federal tax included in the time of purchase. And 2% of that tax collected for the federal government then goes to the state. And of that 2%, 1% goes toward health, percent goes toward education which means you close down the Department of Education and you don't have the Obamacare, which are both unconstitutional. So when people look at the taxation and they look at how taxation is formulated, that people that are self-employed and get paid cash or when foreign nationalists uh, come into this country as tourists and spend six months minus one day as Canadians do, or the illegal immigrants, which are 20 to 50 million, which are not paying taxes, the H.R. 25 eliminates and actually increases the amount of money. And what they have to do is they phase it out over a period of several years, the IRS. They phase in H.R. 25. And at that point, the lower-income family are still given the benefit of receiving a return under H.R. 25, and I would like people that don't know H.R. 25 to really get into it and look at it. Also what happens is that the taxation of we get into the uh, sanctioned cities, we get into uh, the issue of when China brings a product here and how it would be reevaluated for taxation purposes we get into increased productivity because uh, American companies are leaving the United States and going overseas because the taxes that they're paying in America for having a company, they're better to buy the product overseas, bring it into our country at a lower tax. They actually produce the item in America. So Ford Motor Company is now in Mexico, France, Holland and Germany, and they're leaving and calling themselves an American product. And we filed suits against Florida on different subjects, Ford Focus and other things. And we filed that with the president that we have to really change the whole mechanism. 
the same mechanism, of course, falls over to what's happening with elder care. It's, it's still the fact of what's happening in other factors and fashions of our life. So anybody that doesn't understand what's happening now with Congress of changing the tax laws, which they want to have all changed and, and done by 2018, need to really reevaluate uh, the tax codes and the illegality and the violations of the IRS. The IRS is actually uh, taking over your lifestyle and confiscating your goods, your articles, your paychecks. Uh, they're putting bans. They're, they're, you know, here I am, 75 years old, drawing military retirement, VA, and Social Security, and I had to pay. Uh, three thousand dollars in taxes on a twenty-seven thousand dollar income uh, because I'm married. Uh, I'm no, I'm not married, or I was married filing single. Uh, you know, and so what is that versus someone who goes out and buys something or makes a lot of money and can write everything off? So the entire financial basis. Uh, you know, I'm a 501c3 with a quarter of a million dollars in student loans, uh, which is being placed of interest of $60,000. Uh, you know, we get into all these factions of how the changing of the tax code, the protection, the stopping the government from co- confiscating our goods, our products, uh, from overseeing and becoming a socialist dictatorship, and that's basically what the IRS is. Uh, They should not have any rights to fall laws and and to force you to do anything because it's all a violation of the Constitution. Uh, If someone did not want to pay tax and it went to the Supreme Court, it's been proven the Supreme Court protected that individual. But in several, many cases, the courts have stopped it from going to a different court or have not allowed it to leave the state or the Supreme Court refused to hear cases of the IRS IRS when it violated the Constitution. So we need to get back into our senators and our representatives and our governors, and we need to tell them that we need to stop the IRS completely that it is violating our rights of our amendments. It's violating the Constitution where Congress is supposed to establish the budget. Congress is supposed to establish how much and where the money is supposed to be uh, spent. And it should not be given to a dictatorship, which is the IRS, which has no legal authority to arrest you, has no legal authority, but has been given uh, authority without Uh, permission of the courts or the Constitution. So I'd like people kind of pick that up if they would. Hey, Jim. Hey, Jim. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you, Kelly. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Kelly. Yeah, we hear it. What happens when you put the word D and IRS together? What's that, Kelly? It's spelled <laughs> the there. One now. <laughs> it, it spells theirs. The IRS spells theirs. <laughs> I thought we had oh, the okay, Russians back. 
Anyway, V plus IRS equals theirs. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Kelly, where do you stand as far as the IRS and HR 25? I'm not aware of HR 25. But I can tell you. It's the fair tax law where you you pay your taxes at time of purchase. Okay. Okay, 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 okay. Oh, boy. Well, I mean, I'm, I'll go ahead, Kelly. Okay, the founding fathers needed the power to tax, the power to destroy. The power to tax is the power to destroy. Thomas Jefferson said the worst form of tyranny is when a man's own money is used against him. Okay. So, let's see. What did the founding fathers put in the Constitution? No direct taxes. No direct taxes. Oh, along comes the 16th, which was never properly ratified by the states. Yeah, we're going to do direct taxes. Oh, but only upon corporations. Let's see, Corporate Tax Act, I think it was 1798 or something like that, 1798, whatever it was. And along comes Bruce Heber versus Union Pacific Railroad. Oh, there's no new taxes. It's a tax against corporations. What the heck's a corporation? Emerging of individual rights. Um with the benefits of government protection, a corporation, so you trade rights for benefits. And this is what happens. Corporations go back to Great Britain where their sailing ships would uh, sink and uh, everybody would sue the corporation. Oh, wait a minute. We can't sue the corporation because we're an island nation and we happen to need what we need. We need these ships to supply the nation with food. So that was a corporation. Rights for benefits, protection by the state, and the IRS system was based on corporate taxes, corporate taxes, and gain, meaning corporate profit. But, you know, real simply, hey, if you uh, if you uh, were a corporation, you owed a tax. If you were an individual, you did not. Hmm, interesting. That still applies today with all sorts of laws in Title 40, Section 255 of the U.S. Code, Interpretive Note Number 14. Eisenhower said, uh, there's jurisdictional issues here where the IRS doesn't have jurisdiction in an individual's life because they live in a state. Yeah, that's kind of backed by Prince versus U.S. and United States versus Bond, where you have different sovereignty and the IRS has jurisdiction over federal land areas and corporations. Am I a corporation? No. Why is there a jurisdictional issue here? The IRS is a freaking game show. The IRS, theirs, they want your money to take their money, take your money and fund the New World Order and pay the debt on the Federal Reserve, which is another game show. So I am not in favor of the IRS, where you take from your back pocket and you write a check to the federal government, and then they turn around and say, hey, we'll give you all sorts of grants and money, but we pull the strings. Here's the strings. Here are the contractual obligations you must comply with to get money from whom? 
Let's see. The local people who wrote a check from their back pocket, then the federal government who gives it to the states, who gives it to the counties. What? 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 Wait a minute. It came from the people's back pocket. Why do we have all these heavy strings of control? Obviously, you're getting a slight sense, slight sense that I don't like the IRS. You know, if you memorize the Declaration of Independence and that the state created the federal government, we should actually be having a higher state tax than a federal tax. Oh, wait a minute. That did happen. That actually did happen for quite a number of years. How many years do we operate without an income tax in our country? You'll see 150 years. Um, it was something like, you know, 1776 to somewhere in the late 1880s. No, it was like 19. Oh, that's right. 1913, 1914. Yeah, like 150 years we didn't need an income tax. Why? Because we had apportionment with apportionment states. The federal government says, okay, states, you have this amount of population. Here's a protected budget. California, you have 10% of the people. You're going to give 10% of your money from the state to the federal government. Not a direct tax, but from the state check. A state check to the federal government based on population. That's called apportionment. And we've done that for 150 years. We didn't have a federal income tax. We did not have wait. We did not have a federal income tax. Oh wait, yeah, that's right. 150 years. So how did our country? Oh, that's right. Through apportionment, through states. And by the way, the states didn't like the tyrannical behavior of the federal government. They could say, "We ain't paying your money because you've become a tyrant. We're done with this. In fact, we're seceding." Oh, civil war. We won't mention the civil war. Um. So yeah, centralization of power. Who wants centralization of power? That'd be called. The far left liberals and the socialist centralization of power. We brainwash your kids. Thank you for the dollar from your back pocket to the IRS. Now we're going to brainwash your kid who's going to be going against your political, religious, and moral philosophies. But we got the money from your back pocket. That's called centralization of control. Hmm. IRS, the IRS, theirs. Okay. What in the world has this come to? The Founding Fathers, by now, with the same spirit of 1776, was alive today, there would already be a lot – there would be a revolutionary war, there would be a lot of bloodshed, and the people would be winning. Because the Founding Fathers knew the power to tax is the power to destroy. Thomas Jefferson said, the worst form of tyranny is when a man's own money is used against him. Hmm. Back to you, Robert. So let's say just the way that you frame <laughs> uh, frame that, Kelly. It's, it's always uh, always enjoyed that how you frame it. Then if it, well, I mean, just just quoting and all this other stuff you put out there, it's just like, man, how does he memorize all this stuff, all these dates and and things of that nature? Um, but actually, I'm oh, glad oh, you brought oh, it back oh, to me. Oh, it's I'm, good I'm, timing because. Oh, I'm, so, I'm terribly because sorry. Because we do a program, and there's only about four minutes left in in this portion of the uh, show, so we are going to be going through the extended period uh, in the next uh, four minutes. So please don't let your calls drop. Uh, we'll uh, so we can keep the end of the show. Go ahead, uh, Kelly. Oh, I, I, I'm I'm sorry. I forgot. Uh, economy, plumbing, and heating versus the United States, which says the tax laws are for taxpayers. Oh, wait, what's a taxpayer? Look at the IRS code. Oh, goodness, what's a taxpayer? 
Uh, let's see, corporations. Um, yeah, people with federal incomes or contractors who contract with federal government, they have an income tax. Yeah, let's see here. Uh, taxpayers. Oh, the IRS defines, oh, a taxpayer is a corporation, a partnership, uh, da 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 da. An individual. What's an individual? Oh, let's look at an individual. What's an individual? That's you and me. We go to Hale versus Henkel, landmark case. In the United States Supreme Court, still cited, yeah, like a couple hundred times by the United States Supreme Court, 1,500 times by the state's lower courts, Hale versus Henkel. What is, the, what is an individual? The individual may stand upon his constitutional rights. As a citizen, his power to contract is unlimited. He owes no duty to the state nor to his neighbor to divulge his business as it may tend to incriminate him. His rights are existing as the laws of the land and may be only taken from him by due process of law and in accordance to the Constitution, i.e., Hale versus Henkel said you have the right to not incriminate. Oh, that's right. They kind of put that in the Fifth Amendment. If you know the right to not incriminate yourself, well, that's right. But, uh, you know, Let's just kind of ignore a landmark case and require everybody to file, incriminating themselves, how much money they made as an individual, which isn't defined in the IRS code. Oh, it is in the Supreme Court case law, which means you don't have to file because you don't have to self-criminate. It's a freaking game show. The IRS is a freaking game show. The IRS spells theirs. Okay. And then take that money and they fund the UN in the New World Order. So why are we doing this, folks? Why are we doing this? I don't get this. Why are we funding the tyranny against us? Again, Jefferson, the worst form of tyranny. Because we feel like we have to. Money against him. <laughs> no, because we believe we have to. You look at these commercials on TV, on the radio. You got IRS problems? We do settlement. Oh, that's why in the world oh, yeah. would people mm-hmm. spend a hell of a lot of money? Because people figured it out. They don't have to self-incriminate. Now the IRS has no authority, but they have. Oh wait, they have authority if you're a corporation, but they have no authority if you're an individual doing your activities within a state. Again, uh, Prince versus U.S., United States versus Bond. Thank you very much, Scalia. Um, so. If we're not doing business across the country, we don't owe a dime to the IRS. Wait, wait a minute. Why are we – oh, because the media says so. Oh, really? The media tells us to file with the IRS. Really? Really? You know, Mr. Media spokesman or reporter, yeah, I'm going to call you to be my attorney in front of the judge. Oh, wait. No, you're just a media person. What in the world is going on? This is a game show. Did I mention game show? I think maybe I it's the, IRS. the word game show. <laughs> game show. I've filed with the IRS since 1997. Okay? Now, I do not, and I will not, tell people how to do this because if they don't know how to study and research and figure it out, they're toast. Okay? If you want me to hold their hand, no, done. I'm done. I'm not even talking to you. you got to figure it out for yourself. If they have no jurisdiction... Okay, case law, case law, case law. If you don't know what you're doing, if you can't figure it out yourself, I'm not even going to talk to you. I'm not going to go out and train people with seminars. And well, you can make some money doing that there, Kelly. 
well, look, I don't want to work four months for the UN. Four months out of the year. I do not want to work for the UN for four months out of the year who completely oppose work for the powers that be. I'm sorry. I'm, I mean that. Okay? So I would thought the IRA 97. Why? Because I don't have jurisdiction. And I've told them that. And they've left me alone. It's a game show. That's why you see all these commercials on TV. You got iris problems? We can solve them for you. Yeah. The best tax exemption is to not file until the IRS you don't have jurisdiction pursuant to Title 40, Section 255 of the U.S. Code, and Term Number 14. And let's see, oh, that's right. Uh, Prince versus U.S., United States versus Bond, Economy, Plumbing, Heating, and Pursuit versus Union Pacific Railroad. Da 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 da. Case law, case law, case law. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What's really going on here is the IRS doesn't have the authority. They have to deceive into it. That's why they call it voluntary compliance. It's voluntary compliance. Yes, use the media to make people voluntarily file their tax forms for the IRS and theirs. And, oh, goodness, 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 wait, what? So these people have convinced most Americans to pay taxes they don't owe, which is unconstitutional, by the way. The 60th Amendment was never really ratified. They didn't have enough states that ratified it. Okay, but we'll, we'll get into something else. So the IRS doesn't have the authority, but they certainly have the power. They have the power to make your life hell under threats and intimidation. You send a letter, they leave you alone. That's why you see all these ads on TV and the radio. Oh, yeah, we certainly do. Yeah. Yeah, the quote-unquote settle your IRS debt. and ain't my IRS debt, but because they have the power to destroy my life, not the authority, Which the power. And they even say that on the commercial pretty much. I know the commercial you're talking about. They play it on right. talk radio all the time. Let me let me sing the praises of Jim Trafficant. It was Jim Trafficant. He was a sheriff for a number of years in a county in Pennsylvania, and then he – what did he do? He ran for Congress, became a congressman. What did he do? Well, he got blackballed, blackballed, blackmailed, mm-hmm. and I heard the report. I'm like, okay, how did he buck the powers of be? What he did – what he did was he said, you know what? We should write a couple sentences that the IRS – has to carry the burden of proof. What's the burden of proof? Well, the IRS has to prove the case. So, oh, wait, you mean the IRS just can't send you a letter and say, you owe us this much money and pay us or you're done? He flipped it on his head that the IRS had to actually go out and file the burden of proof. <laughs> so instead of tens of thousands of liens on real estate, after that law passed, burden of proof, and it went down to like a few hundred. Uh, so the bank seizures, where it was tens of thousands of, oh, we're just, you know, turn the money from the bank account over to the IRS. Oh, it went down to a few thousand. Yeah, it's called the burden of proof. It's this country, you're innocent until proven guilty. The burden of proof is on your accuser. And sure enough, he crippled the IRS, and that's why you have all these commercials today. Well, what did they do to Jim Trafficant? Because he was requiring the burden of proof, and he passed a law. 
they set him up, they slandered him, and he went to jail for seven years. But he had done this country a great service by telling the IRS, you need to prove, you need to, you don't just pick on some person because you want their money. Prove it. So he went to jail for seven years. As a Democrat, oh, yeah. I totally applaud him. Yeah, Jim Jim Condit was good friends with him. We should we should talk more about uh, Jim Trafficking mm-hmm. another day. Well, we've had Trafficking on this show, before, do you remember? Oh, yes, we did. And yes, we did. We've had Trafficking on the show. Well, he he did he. Stop accusing people and grabbing their money. Prove it. Oh, you know, we went down to like maybe 5 or 10% of what our accusations were. Again, Jefferson, the worst form of tyranny is using a man's own money against him. And even worse, <laughs> this is my, my additional words are just, you know, just grab people's money because we're the government. And we think, we think, we think, we somehow we think you owe us a bunch of money. Wow. So that's. My quick summary <laughs> wasn't quick on the IRS, which spells theirs. If we'd let, as the American people, if we'd let the IRS become theirs, back to you. Yeah, Kelly, would you say that the IRS is a violation of the Fifth Amendment, which declares that no person shall be deprived of life, liberty, or the property without due process of law? Oh, absolutely. Combined with you have a right to not self-incriminate. Hill versus Henkel. Hello, landmark case. They don't care. They have the power. They don't have the authority. We're waiting on you, Robert. Well, I still think. Oh, well, Kel, I still think maybe you should teach a course. <laughs> you might be able to make. No, I am know, not teaching a course. You know why? The money. <laughs> I will not teach a course. Do you know why? Why is that because if people because people if people aren't willing to learn this for themselves, look, you're spending what four or five months a year, uh, okay, maybe three years, some of you, three months, you become a slave to the IRS. There's all right. If you're not willing to get free, if you're not willing to spend the time to be free three months out of the year where you would be a slave, then I'm done. If you're not willing to do the work and do the homework and do your own research, study case law, I'm not going to teach it. And I don't want to be blamed because you were like, oh, well, such and such says, you idiot, you've got to find the case law yourself. Well, I'm, well, just, no, I'm, I'm not going to teach anybody. We've kind, of, we've kind of talked about this on the show many times before, though, uh, maybe not specifically on this, but is where how things are set up so that, you know, who really? I mean, who really has the time uh, to do that? You know what I mean? I mean, who who has the time to uh, do that type of research when we're we're so you know? I mean, you've done it obviously, Kelly. Um, but, you know, you know, Joe Normal, you know, is is, is not going to do that. I mean, one, they probably wouldn't even know where to look unless listening to the show, of course. And <laughs> two, uh, you know, like oh, well, I'm not going to take the time because. Frankly, a lot of people will hear this, and they'll be like, no, nah, that ain't true. No, nah, that ain't true. No, nah, I don't believe that. Or oh, I'd be too much trouble to try to do that or, or what have you. I mean, a lot of people would just be like, no. They would just debunk it just out, outright, um, you know, unless someone actually, you know, showed them some, you know, some places to start at least. 
And I think it's fine. I mean, it's, I think it's done by design. I mean, it used to be where you only need a one, in, you know, pretty much a one-income family. Now, I mean, if you don't have two, I mean, you're really going to be. It's, it's really going to be rough. Well, unless one they of them making to, like six figures or something. Okay. Well, in 1906, they did they did the Dick Act, which castrated really? the well. Yes, it, it was called it was called the Dick Act. Okay. Okay. 1906. It was written by inside banksters who would benefit from what? Oh, the IRS tax. Why? Because they're lending money to the federal government. The Dick Act. Well, what did the Dick Act do? It castrated the. the it turned the well. Second Amendment. Well-regulated <laughs> militia into the National Guard. And so they they precisely. Decades, generations, and centuries. They have planned this out to the suppression that we are now experiencing. They know what they're doing, and they pass the baton to the next to commit their wickedness without a question. They know what they're doing. They are extremely intelligent. For example, Kostenbach. Who's, who, who's Kostenbach? Hey, uh, we should have the Warren Commission. You know, his murder. He was the acting attorney general. Why is he a tech? Why was he acting? Why was he the acting attorney general? Because Bobby Kennedy happened to be at a funeral of his brothers. So as acting attorney general, Kaltenbach said, "Hey, uh, let's have the Warren Commission." We all know that was baloney and BS. And oh, a bunch of congressmen, and we got the Warren Commission report, which is all BS. He should have been going to a grand jury now. No, he didn't do that. No, he didn't do that. No, 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 no. Because, well, let's see. Let's 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 look at Kaltenbach's life after he um, did his thing. Uh, he he got a job with an international banking firm as an attorney. The banksters. Back to the banksters. 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 You want to know who's pressing our country? It's called the banksters. Even in the scriptures, Paul says, "Why are you honoring those who oppress you financially?" It's like, come on. The banksters, the banksters, the banksters. They just want their money in endless ways past Tuesday. The IRS is another way. So the Federal Reserve loans all sorts of money, and the Grace Commission report, Ronald Reagan. Not one dime goes to the goods and services the American people need. It goes to service the debt, the debt for the loan to the federal government that gives us all these public services. Oh, yeah, certainly. <laughs> So banking is good, good business, and you have to do whatever it takes to get those freaking loans and get the federal government in debt and get the servitude. What is what is the cost of a, of a uh, billion dollars? I ran these numbers. A billion dollars a year is like – actually, it's a trillion. A trillion dollars a year is like $400 a month for the average American. Gee, $400 a month. Yeah, let's let somebody else do it for me. What? For eight years? Trillion dollars? $400 a month. Oh, but most of that goes to the interest of the banksters. Do you understand the system? It's the banksters, the IRS. It's a game show. It's about money and power. The endless old adage, money, power.
power, trickery, foolery, get our people in Congress to pass bills in our favor so we can get really wealthy and not even care and and, and create a lot of homeless. Unbelievable. What it sounds like to me, Kelly, is, you know, we as individuals might be able to do something ourselves. I mean, there's probably no chance we can ever change the system. Uh, but it is something maybe on an individual basis, uh, you know, we can learn a way of, of, of trying to do. I think, but I think a lot of people who are who are, who are afraid to actually go up against the IRS uh, because they want to. Uh, they're afraid to go up the IRS because they're afraid that they're, you know, let's be honest, being have their gate, uh, wages garnished, or if they try to take it to court, that they'll, uh, you know, get audited, or they'll want to. Uh, you know, they might think they might get imprisoned, or you know, even for even for trying to uh, stand up to them, or, or say, hey, look, you don't, have, you know, as you pointed out, uh, hey, you don't have jurisdiction over me, you know, or, or something of that nature. I mean, that probably on April fifteenth, making the attempt as well. Okay, on April fifteenth of this year. Oh, gee, just another day. A lot of people were stressed out. Oh, I gotta get my tax return in. Oh my gosh, and yeah, it's just another year twentieth anniversary of telling the IRS you don't have jurisdiction over me. Case law, case law, case law. Take a hike, take a hike. Statutes, you're done. Leave me alone. And they have. Obviously, I'm not in prison. You know, so it's like, what in the world? Why are we doing this? Because we're afraid. And the media makes us afraid. It's just a protester um, is getting ready, you know, the FBI. Wait a minute, how do you know that there's going to be an FBI raid at this guy's house in ABC Street in some city in America? Wait a minute. Are you telling me this is an orchestrated event? Yes. So that everybody else falls in the good little boy. Line up, we're going to go to recess. As they say in grade school. This is a game show. When you really know the truth, the 16th Amendment was never properly ratified. It's been a game show of power, corruption, and endless profits and control. That's what's going on, folks. The banksters – did I mention banksters? They are our enemy, and they hate Trump. Well, certainly. Well, hopefully, with, with with him in office, something could get done. But as I said earlier, I, I I just don't know what, especially with the the Congress, <laughs> you know, against them. I mean, we we say this, and I'm going to say it again for those who haven't maybe heard from different episodes, is that I mean, one of the things I really think we can do is to help clean the swamp. Now, two you know, two things. You know, one, uh, list, you know, people can listen to last week's uh, podcast where we had Jim Condit on, you know, talking about. Uh, the precinct project, you know, getting in there to the parties, but also, uh, you know, with, with, with Corker, uh, let's uncork Corker. <laughs> that was part of the title. I was going to have part of that be part of the title tonight, uh, uncorking Corker, but I don't know if we, <laughs> I don't know if we have a chance to, to get to that. Um, but yeah, but I mean, you know, now some of them are stepping aside and they're not going to run for reelection, which is good. But for those who are, and, and actually, uh, Cindy, uh, she sent me uh, an article, and perhaps 
it was kind of a sad for for myself because it, it seems like that you know Gingrich is actually against what Bannon's trying to do, which I, I, kind of baffles me to be honest. I mean, now one thing we do know, and it's uh, Cindy, I do see you on the line. If you want to make comments, just one, you know, but I'll get you in. Uh, but one of the com, you know, one of the things on that, uh, we've known this since 2012. Since I've been, I mean, I've always been, you know, watching Newt for years, um, you know, in decades rather. Uh, but, but I mean, one thing that he is is a, is a party loyalist. I mean, I look at him that um, they, they've given him plenty of reason to leave the party, but but Newt won't. And now, whereas, you know, with him being conservative, and it seems like at least when it comes to what Bannon's trying to do, uh, he doesn't think it's a good idea. Um, now, I mean, I disagree. I mean, I think what Bannon's trying to do is a great, <laughs> a great idea. Why Newt disagrees? I guess he thinks it's just going to cause too much, uh, you know, chaos and controversy. I, I don't know, but um, I guess because the 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 thought is, and I disagree with this thought. Uh, the conventional wisdom is that, well, if you don't have an incumbent or someone who's been in for a while going up against, you know, their Democratic opponent, then if it's a Democratic opponent that has, you know, the experience that they'll get in just because people rather have someone that's experienced but not. But I think the the rush um, – the rush. Uh, I'll see you, Cindy, and get you in a second, uh, where, you know, the, I think the Trump election kind of debunked uh, that people, you know, want to just keep – you know, voting for the same old politicians, and hopefully this is going to ring true in 2018. But enough of me. Let's go ahead and bring in Cindy. Thank you very much, Cindy, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Hang on a minute. i got to get rid of my sound here. I don't know what happened here. Okay. Whoa. Stop. Stop. <laughs> oh, my God. Live from Cindy Todd's living room. We have no. Somebody took control of my computer. Oh, my gosh. There could have been other sounds emanating from your computer, Cindy, but I digress. Uh, let's go, <laughs> no, let's okay. go ahead and uh, well, what I wanted to make take, that uh, comment on. <laughs> I wanted to make that comment on Newt. Um, uh, Newt, uh, you know, we discovered that Newt is um, just, uh, you know, he's a he's a party animal. And uh, he doesn't have the courage to bunk up against them. He's the smartest man in the room, no doubt about that. But he and got some awesome ideas. But he doesn't have the courage to go against the grain like Trump did. And, you know, Newt didn't have the money to do what Trump did. Uh, Trump can thumb his nose at all those people because he doesn't need their money. Newt needed their money. Newt is not a... Uh, you know, I mean, he's certainly richer than you and I, um, but I'm assuming that Robert. <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. but he's not he's not. That's on pretty the, accurate. Uh, real quick though, Cindy, right. I, I do got a, a real quick. I do got a message that Doctor Topper's got to roll because he is about to turn into a pumpkin because it is past uh, <laughs> the time he usually has to go. I'm, I was just kidding with you there, Doctor Topper, uh, about turning into a pumpkin. <laughs> but it is the Halloween season. Actually, it's less than a week. Uh, my favorite holiday. Unfortunately, I'm missing some of it because I take it off work early enough, or usually I take the day off. But I ran out of pizza. But anyway, digress again. Let's go ahead and give Dr. Tobin a few minutes here, real quick, Cindy, for his closing comments before he's got to go, and then we'll bring it back I'm to you. Really go go ahead, Dr. Tobin. Yeah, and I just want to bring everybody back into reading a little more about HR 25, and that I agree 
with everything Kelly is saying concerning the IRS and how after the First World War, there was a determination that they needed to collect more money, so they formulated government agencies that violated the Constitution and the corporations. And that was, of course, after the Civil War, where they formed a corporation of Washington, D.C. And so there gets quite involved and what we were trying to do is lead this into that if we downplay the irs by removing it that there could be a collection and the question is should the american people be supporting the federal government by letting the money to be collected at the time of purchase by the states where you could close down the other departments which were unconstitutional so although there are many court cases proven that the taxes that were collected by the IRS are illegal, how do we get Congress to stand up and take charge unless you stop voting for people that don't represent you? So that's kind of all I want to say about it, uh, Robert. That's why I'm Colbert, uh, for all your time and information on all of our topics tonight. Yeah. And I and agree I with you. I, right. I think I, it ought to be a tax right. too. Um, you're, you're saying that it should be a a, a sales tax, right? A national sales well, tax. What the, well, HR 25 is called a consumption tax or the fair tax right. law, and it was written in 2011, and it's on our website. But yeah, basically, that any illegal immigrant, anybody that's traveling in from like the Canadians or anybody else buys any item, a Coca-Cola or whatever, there would be a percentage of a tax that would be the federal tax collected by the state. 2% of that tax collected by the state would stay in the state, go toward education and go toward uh, the um, uh, Medicare, Obamacare. So there's a lot of things that are not being discussed at the White House, and they're looking at the flat tax law which is really the basis of how they're going to change and close the IRS, do a flat tax law, and then eventually bring in HR 25, and that's kind of where this is all leading. I've always, I have always advocated that. That's that's my favorite thing to do. Then you totally get rid of the IRS, and they cannot any longer torture us, uh, take our homes from us, our savings from us, or whatever they feel like taking from us. I think it would be the perfect solution. But we need a Bannon, someone smarter than Bannon, somebody to to out the senators that um, will never vote for that kind of a thing. And uh, until we vote them all out that won't vote vote for us, what we want, then uh, it's not going to happen. Yeah, and I think Kelly would back up the fact that the uh, IRS is not a constitutional institution, and therefore Congress yep. does not have to pass an amendment to the Constitution to close the IRS, but under the uh, uh, Constitution of the rights to collect taxes, they can reassign it by calling it a consumption tax, automatically mm-hmm. close down the IRS, and the whole thing just stops. And they can do it overnight, or they can process it in over a period of of time but it just absolutely is causing our manufacturers to go overseas Uh, we're losing business this is where we get in made into america Uh, this is where we get into why we don't need 
the credit bureaus, all these factors change when you close the IRS. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm with you. And Kelly, I do turn in, or Kelly, Robert, I do turn into a pumpkin at 12 o'clock in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Well, uh, uh, Dr. Colbert, uh, I you know, if I don't speak with you or anything uh, prior to next Tuesday, uh, let me wish uh, you and everyone a happy uh, Halloween, which, oh, my gosh, I just realized something which I feel awful about, and I cannot believe that I missed it. I missed the great pumpkin Charlie Brown this year. Oh, my gosh, I'm devastated. Uh, yeah, but it's I a real. I, just missed. <laughs> I know. I, I've seen it before many, many times, and I cannot believe I missed it. Uh, yeah, you know, Halloween um, used to be a- it wasn't tonight. And I, I, it was a night that I actually could have watched it, and uh, – I hate life being so busy. I missed the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. I'm so distraught. Uh, but thank you very much, Dr. Colbert. Uh, I appreciate it. And, again, uh, have a happy Halloween. Thank you. And remember, that used to be a religious holiday before it became what it is today. That is that is correct, the Feast of Samhain. Mm-hmm. Amen. Take care. Thank you. You too. Take, take care. In the middle of that, uh, maybe that's what I could have had the show been tonight, to talk about what the Halloween really is. But anyway, moot point because we're here on this. So let's go ahead, as I promised, bring it back to you, Cindy, on uh, draining the swamp and and getting rid of, you know, Corker. Well, Corker's going to be gone, but, you know, those of his ilk. Go ahead, Cindy. And Flake, and go ahead. What I think is pathetic is the things that Corker and Flake and those guys are saying that are, they're leaving that that it's all Trump's fault. They have to leave and all this. I, I mean, that is just unbelievable. Well, the people the don't want you guys anymore. There's there's no there's no class in that. They're they're like, um, I'm going to pick up my cookies and go home. I'm you know I'm going to pick up my marbles and go home. And and wah wah wah. I'm going to go eat worms or something. Do they expect us to feel sorry for them? We're all sitting around saying good riddance. Probably what they'll do is they'll go back home, register as a Democrat, and run again for something else. <laughs> because they've always me. lived off. Yeah, they've always li- lived off the public tit, and that's where they're going to go back to. Unless they're a high-priced well, lawyer. Yeah. And make- hmm? Sorry, Cindy. This really did turn into the bar's logic after dark. You're talking about. <laughs> There's nothing Kelly, I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything bad. You said shit. You said shit. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry, Dr. Tolbert, if you listen to the podcast, but I couldn't help myself on Bard's Logic After Dark. But anyway, if we're going to go there, okay. But I slept with. Sorry about that. Go ahead, Sunday, for the. My rudeness interruption. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, well, can, I, can, I, can I finish? Oh, sure. yeah, go ahead, can Kelly. I... No, we want to get Sandy's uh, point to if you were going to respond right. to Sandy. I, 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 I slept with a girl recently. She had 10 tits and puppies. <laughs> and puppies. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, my. Sorry. Hey. Sorry, Kelly, man. I, I hate to say this, but I don't want to sound sexist or wrong, but she sounds like a dog. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, puppies, ten tits. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, you know, you, no. somebody somebody brought no, up like tits. No. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Sally. No. <laughs> I'm just listening. <laughs> Yeah, you got that. We're, trying to, we're trying to cut off a little on, bit here oh, in the, in the large <laughs> Oh, my. Yeah, that's what happens after 12. You never know what you're going to hear. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I could bring up Fifty Shades Darker. But anyway, I digress. Go ahead, go ahead Cindy. <laughs> I'm done. I, that's all I really had to say. Um, I just wanted to... Um, you know, put in my two cents worth about that because that's just really been bugging Yeah, I'm me. kind of disappointed with Nude on that, um, you know, but, I mean, uh, and what you talk about, because, I'm, well, and let's let's bring it back to this, is when, remember when Nude was running in 2012, and, you know, the establishment of GOP didn't like him then either, they shut him down. He could not get his message out at all. I mean, you had mm-hmm. so-called conservatives, you know, supporting Romney instead of, uh, um, you know, in, instead of Gingrich. But I think we still have Susan online. Didn't Susan, you said you mentioned something tonight about, uh, was it Flake? And somebody, they were applauding Flake or something like that, and the only person who was standing next to Trump or supporting Trump was uh, Rand Paul. I mean, did you, you say yeah, something Paul. about that? Did not stand and applaud, unlike most of them. I don't know about Mike Lee and Cruz, but Rand Paul, according to one person, was the only one that did not stand and applaud Jeff Flake. Uh, what was the context so they, of the applause for, for Flake? For his speech, you know, that he wouldn't seek re-election is all due to, uh, you know, how... Uh, President Trump is and all that. Yeah, fortunately, that's something that I missed. Paul Ryan came out and said uh, that he was really sad. Congress was losing my friend. Uh, well, I don't like Paul Ryan. If he's worried about losing a friendship, he can go with him away. Yeah, he's already yeah, losing. Let's get rid of him too. George Bush is apologizing for alleged sexual assault. <laughs> My God, everybody's assaulting everybody sexually anymore. Uh, so, anyway. Um, and we have a choice now. Um, Colin Kaepernick is hoping you'll read his new book. <laughs> well, Hillary yeah, wrote a book right. Hillary has wrote a book, and he's wrote a book, so it depends on which one you want. And, of course, Joy Behar who has written a book the, uh, called The Great Gas Bag, and it's about Donald Trump. She told her co-host she wrote it because she was doing the Lord's work. <laughs> oh, my God. So there's three books you can choose from. I think our literature is going to hell in a handbasket. That's all I got to say. With books like that, I mean, oh, well, I, I didn't know what to do cry it. Yeah, well, well, here's um, it's here and here's uh, more about that. Um, well, let me see. This is a, an article I'm getting here from uh, the Bard's Logic uh, political topic website, the newsroom page. 
where if you uh, put your email address, you can uh, sign up uh, for uh, the subscription of the newsroom. And this is an article. Now, it's on Breitbart.com, but you can access it quickly by going to the Bards Logic PoliticalTalk.com's website, www.BardsLogicPoliticalTalk.com. And what is going on there? You know, he's got Flake, he's got McCain. They need some new blood out there, don't they? It says, uh, Senator Jeff Blake, Republican Arizona, del- delivered, if people might not have, um, this is just a short article here, uh, delivered a rebuke to President Donald Trump from the Senate floor on Wednesday, shortly announcing that he would retire from Congress in 2019. <laughs> it says in parentheses, rather than face certain defeat in his 2018 GOP primary. Yes, yeah, certainly. It says, Flake speech. Uh, and I, I wish I had the speech or I could play, uh, play it, but uh, but here we go. The Flake's uh, speech was full of lofty platitudes and high-minded accusations against the president, charging Trump with ignoring the truth and violating the norms of democratic politics. Flake could not and did not name any particular policy differences with the president, nor in his litany of complaints about Trump's behavior did Flake name anything that Trump actually had done to warrant criticism, as opposed to hinting at the things that Trump has said? Uh, it was a rant that recapitulated the never-Trump talking points of 2016, painting Trump as a man unfit to serve as president, regardless of what Trump might achieve and is achieving for the conservative cause once in office. So as with the speeches by former President George W. Bush and Senator John McCain, Last week, Flake said nothing about the role that the American left has played in disregarding our, or degrading our democracy, uh, reducing every political question to race, fermenting class warfare to push uh, interventionist government programs and redistributive policies, trashing the First Amendment on college campuses and ignoring the Constitution whenever approved and convenient. Nor did Flake mention the issue that is the most responsible for his eroding support at home namely immigration. After running for Senate in 2012 on his conservative record in the U.S. House, Flake joined the Gang of Eight and tried to push through an immigration bill that would have given legal status to millions of illegal aliens before establishing that U.S. borders were secure, exactly the formula Republican voters had rejected for many years. Flake fretted about what he called the silence and interaction of his colleagues as if some great crime has been committed for which they would bear guilt. Few of them, even those most supportive of Trump, have uh, have held their tongues when they disagreed with Trump on rhetoric or policy. But Flake seeks to tar the whole GOP as accomplices to an amorous set of sins known only to the establishment, the Beltway media, and the Democrats. The speech is being praised to the skies by mainstream media and by the usual never-Trumpers, uh, but it was the most narcissistic gesture since Flake attached to Barry Coldwater's classic Conscious of Conservatives for his own book. It was an act of cowardice having proclaimed the importance of his principles. Flake then refused to fight for them. It was the same retreat Republican voters have seen their leaders make for decades until Trump. And so basically uh, what what he's saying, Robert, basically what he's saying is Flake Flake ran as one kind of a person with one system of beliefs and then once he got in office he realized that with Trump at the presidency he couldn't 
he couldn't fool the people anymore, and he was going to have to come out and tell the truth about who he really was. That's basically why he has to leave. He's, he has to tell the truth about who he is, and and because his voting record is going to show it. And so what he's going to try to do is um, denuder the president on his way out. But you know what? He doesn't have the clout to do that. He doesn't have the ability to do that because what they've all forgotten is that the American people sent Dr. sent Mr. Trump up there for a, a a mandate. They gave him a mandate to do the things he's trying to do. And when Congress goes and tries to stop him from doing it, they're bumping right up against us. And they're gonna they're gonna find that they're not gonna get very far with that um, because they can they can criticize Trump all day long and it's gonna roll off of him like off a duck's back, just like Hillary's little minions allow her to do any kind of criminal activity that she wants to, and they don't care. They just keep voting for her. Well, you know what? We're going to take a little um, a little lesson from their playbook, and we're not going to listen to them about what Trump says. We're just going to push and hope that he gets the, the gets it accomplished. And you know what? If Congress blocks him, blocks the agenda we sent him there to do, then they're going to leave too. And so Bannon is going to get my support. In fact, he's probably going to get some of my money. Just as soon as I can get some, I'm going to give it, I'm going to, give it to him. But um, I just started a new job, so I'll have a little extra something. But anyway, okay, that's, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm sending money to Roy Moore, to Roy Moore running, running for Senate Yay. in uh, Alabama. Rand Paul has endorsed him, by the way. He was? Oh, uh, Rand Paul has Rand endorsed Judge Roy Moore. Well, well, may, well good. Well, maybe Rand Paul started endorsing a lot of people that, that he should have in the past. Yeah, I'm just puffing your chops there. Season. Hey. Yeah. I'm glad to see maybe he's you – no, know, maybe he's feeling like he's in a spot where he can he can do that. There's two two comments I want to, to hear from that article I just read. And, again, you can find this at uh, com and get it a newsroom. It says uh, – there's two of them on there. One's short, one's a little longer, but it says, Flake sounds like a butt-hurt liberal. Oh, wait, he is. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, oh, my. Uh, this, and then this one, uh, let, me, uh, let me see. This one says, Trump took on the Goliath mainstream media and won. He took on the Goliath NFL and won. He took on the Goliath Washington Swamp. And your concession, Mr. Flake, is proof that he won. Nobody cares what you have to say about the president because we recognize your tantrum is nothing more than the death throes of yet another ignorant fool who went up against Trump and lost magnificently. You're next, McCain. <laughs> Yay. So maybe, maybe we're finally – I mean, maybe this is the beginning of, of yes, uh, finally draining the swamp. I'm hoping that once, you know, uh, the people going up against the incumbents are coming out the woodwork that Trump really gets out, gets out there in campaign style and supports these uh, these guys and gals uh, so that we can definitely – and that's going to be the only way to do it, really, is, you know, I know the establishment – God, I hate to say it even Newt at this point, you know, who thinks that only the incumbent uh, Republicans can be, you know, incumbent Democrats. Um, but I really – I mean, just with what, see, what we've seen with the election – with Trump, you know, and I've been to many rallies, and what uh, Jim Condit was talking about last week about all the signs, you know, as he traveled, you know, to different places in the country, 
uh, we're just seeing the, 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 the signs all around for, for Trump. I mean, we knew it was a movement, and hopefully it continues. And that movement, really, I mean, there you go. There's a, a sign for you. The Trump movement needs to move, uh, needs to move into 2018. You know, the train needs to roll. You know, they say the Trump train. The train needs to roll into 2018. Somebody use that. Um, and then, you know, give it credit here on Bard's Logic. But anyway, uh, but that's what it's going to have to, uh, to, to take. And I mean, I think that it, it may. I mean, when you see these people dropping out and then, you know, when people start coming in to fill their, uh, their shoes, so to speak, uh, let's hope we can finally get these people out there and make uh, some of the definite changes. Now, one of the things that Cindy, uh, Cindy and I thank you for uh, sending me the, the article that one of the things Trump did is reinstated the Space Council which hasn't been, uh, you know, what the Spence Council is in short, uh, is to kind of, you know, look forward to what our space program is going to look like uh, in the future. And so that uh, they've been disbanded, the council has been disbanded since 1993, uh, which was disbanded by uh, Clinton, uh, Bill, Bill Clinton. So uh, it's good to hear that, and hopefully we'll get some more developments uh, for that. Because uh, I like you, know, I be- I'm a futurist. That's what I'm getting cryogenically frozen. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> so uh, you know, I mean, I, I, we agree on those things. But on, on this, as I said, I think that he wants to stay relevant, which I understand, and I, I want him to stay relevant too. And I, I think, uh, Cindy, uh, and to the audience, that if, if Newt starts going up, unfortunately, going up against the establishment, whereas – yeah, I understand what you say. He basically doesn't have the guts to do it. Uh, just much like what, what, why he supported, uh, you know, uh, Romney in 2012. It may be because he still wants to be able to maintain relevancy, which, you know, I got mixed thoughts on because, you know, trying to be as principled as possible. You know, you should stand by your, your principles, and, and these people are getting ousted. Uh, you know, it may not be as conservative as, as, as we think. Um but or or some reports is, is, is some percentages that uh, someone quoted that Newt was quoting uh, in that article you sent me, Cindy, uh, may not bear out. And so, you know, I'm kind of disappointed in that. But you know, uh, in other ways, you know, I'm not really surprised, unfortunately. But you know, um, there you go. I guess on that. Yeah, I found the article. I, I mean, it just been on duty thing, but I didn't look at the link. It's from, according to Daily Beast reporter Andrew Desiderio, every lawmaker who attended the speech, so some didn't, didn't clap for a flake except for Rand Paul. And uh, it shows, uh, and she said that it's a good thing that Rand and Trump are becoming buddies. Maybe he'll start listening to Rand from now on. And I was like, yeah, it sounds good to me. But the senators on the floor were Barrasso, Paul, Corker, McCain, my Senator Rich, and he is going to hear from me. Robert, McConnell, Coons, Kane, Merkley, his son, Ethan, Shaheen, Sevenal, Isaacson, and Young. Well, you must not have had too many people that really... Hmm? And I may find that, and I may find that speech and, and play it and then, again, get that list for, you know, we can kind of make a list of folks, hey, these are the people we need to get rid of. These are the people we need, you know, I think, I think it's, I'm, I'm kind of glad they did it because then they showed their true colors. I mean, as much as they want to hem-haul around about it, the American people 
except for the people in New York and, and California. But the American people, you know, across the country voted Trump to be president. Now, he's not doing 100 percent of things that I, I agree with, and I think he's, there are some campaign promises I'm still waiting to see. Um, I hated how he backed down on getting uh, prosecuting uh, for Hillary, but maybe in hindsight he knew that you know her her, her day of reckoning was going to come anyway because he's not the only one who's going to pursue things. There's plenty of other people out there, uh, like what Dr. Tolbert talked about with Hannity, you know, exposing these things about the uranium one and getting that out there. Um, you know, hopefully she, her day will come due and and. You know all the rest of those those people uh, in that, and it really looks like this, we could possibly it, it could be an incredible 2018 uh, with, with with things coming out. That's that that's for certain. So let, let's hope for that. But yeah, let's. I'm, I I like to cover them next week. Go ahead, uh, Susan. Ricky Lawmaker did not see the virtue in trashing Trump with tax reform on the table, so he's playing it smart. You know. He doesn't always, I'm sure, agree with Trump on everything, but he knows there's times to shake your finger at someone and there's times to um, be polite and stand by them. So, you know, that's ran smart that way. So, anyway, I was... Well, I do see... I was pleased. Go ahead, Susan. I was pleased with him. And at this point, besides myself... Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. So did I interrupt again? No, no, no. Go ahead. I'm okay, fine. I was going to say I'll shut up now. Um, well, because I was looking at the time, <laughs> and I do see we do have about uh, four people besides myself uh, on the line, and we got about maybe uh, nine minutes before I have to close things out. So what I like to do is give each person a couple of minutes to do their closing comments for tonight. And, of course, everyone, again, I want to thank you for coming uh out and uh, talk on the show, uh, kind of, you know, our panel here and, and, and guests. And also uh, definitely, you know, take the link or you can, you know, find it here on Facebook, the link on Facebook or here on Blog Talk Radio and, and share out the link. Because a lot of people probably don't know, you know, a lot of what we've talked about uh, tonight, especially, you know, our first two segments with what you talk about with, um, you know, the guardianship and also what Kelly was talking about earlier about the, the taxation IRS. And definitely it'd be something that, with that knowledge, you have to listen to over and over again to be able to get everything, uh, what we're saying. So definitely, you know, take those links where you find them. And, of course, it's on iTunes. I mean, yeah, iTunes as well. And share them with uh, your friends on your websites or emails, things of that nature, because a lot of folks just don't have this information. And these are some things that, you you, you know, you're not going to hear even on, you know, the Hannity's and things of that nature because they've got other topics. But, of course, they're going to they're gonna cover and, and these uh, are in it. And so that's one of the things I'd like uh, to do here on the show is talk about some things that the others are not, um, you know, because you can listen to every different stations and different people and hear the same things really. Uh, but it's good that we got some different topics here. So let's go ahead and get about two minutes uh, each uh, for closing comments. And of course we'll start with you, Sally, uh, and then we'll go over to Susan and, and then uh, Cindy and then, you know, Kelly, and then I'll have to close things out. But he's got about uh, about a minute and a half now uh, because I won't shut up <laughs> for closing comments. <laughs> Go ahead, Sally. Okay, thanks. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, great discussion. I uh, was really enjoying some of the other discussion, too, but I just decided to sit back and listen. <laughs> 
But, um, you know, the guardianship is a major issue, and every one of us are facing it. People need to understand this has nothing to do with silly party politics stuff. It's about your rights and about your right to grow old and be happy in America. So um, please take it seriously. Think about it. And not just with guardianship, with everything. It's time that people assume responsibility for their role in this society. You are not supposed to just depend on what the morons in public office do. You are supposed to be educated. You're supposed to know the Constitution. Even though they don't teach it in public school, you need to take responsibility and know what's going on. And um, if we don't, we, we truly get the government we deserve. And the government is, in fact, a reflection of what we as a society have become. And I think that's pretty scary. So please, people, get involved and assume responsibility for your country. And have a very good night, everyone. God bless America. Thank you very much, Sally. And if I don't speak of it before next week, have a happy Halloween. <laughs> Thank you. Trick or treat. Thank you. Oh, yeah, I'll be passing out some candy. Uh, and let's go ahead and go over to you, Susan. Hi, Susan. Maybe she's having some technical difficulties. Give her another shot, Susan. Okay, unfortunately, we'll uh, turn it over to... Oh, there you go. I'll turn it there for a second, Susan. Go ahead. I said, um, uh, make sure you buy Hillary's and Collins', Collins book and uh, Joy Bayer's so you can tell us all about what's in there. Yeah, I don't know if I'll do that. <laughs> but <good. laughs> the Hillary Clinton Cohen book, is that what you said? What? I thought you said the Hillary Clinton coloring book. <laughs> no, no, her book. She has one, you know. Oh, she's no, the that's one okay. That I don't want to get her, give her any one. money. So. <laughs> <laughs> the one Bill threw in the trash. <laughs> or any or anyone that or anyone that published her for that matter. They actually the one to give us money to my understanding, but Well, I just thought I'd throw that out there. <laughs> and uh the major league baseball apparently except for one who is they're not kneeling. They're and they're getting big response to the fans, ratings are up and oh, that's kinda cool. Oh, you mean the baseball? Mhm. Uh, well there you, you have know, it. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I read, you know, the Fifth Amendment, the government cannot apply that to the players at Neil because they have that right. They're not protesting violently. But the owners, that First Amendment doesn't apply to the owners. No, 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 no. There's a difference between them and the government. So if the owners want to stop it, they have every right to. Well, and also so the owners uh, can tell their players, look, you know, you work for me, pal. And if you don't stand there, be respectful of the flag. You just don't play. I mean, I can't. I can't do something that my boss wouldn't like, and still be able to. So they got. They got to abide by there. And there's. I mean, I can't believe me. There's a lot of things I would like to say at work, but I can't. Uh, <laughs> and I can't go. Hey, wait a minute. I should have been able to say that. 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 You know. That. That. that they're uh, threatening my First Amendment rights. I can. I can do that. Freedom of speech. Well, you you know, the, right. even in the workplace, remember, there's certain things that we can't say. So, and if our oh, boss says way, we have to act and talk a certain way, you all have this influence. Maybe get Kid Rock to run for the Senate. 
he said he he had changed his mind. He had so much on tour, but he um, he said he'd leave the door open if the left wing keeps effing with him. <laughs> he said yeah, he's a lot of uh, effing effing words, which we really don't say that on the show. Uh, we don't say I the didn't F say it. I here. just said effing. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. You said I'm going well, to. Excuse me. We have to go ahead and we we, we have to go ahead oh. and bring it over to uh, to Cindy. Yeah, because and then and then uh, Kelly, because then I have to close things out. The, so I can be able to have plenty of time for that. Go ahead. Uh, thank you very much, and happy Halloween to you, too, uh, Susan. Go ahead, Cindy. Okay. Well, you know, I haven't gotten a chance to comment on what Sally was talking about earlier today, and um, I, I need to do that real quick. Um, my dad just went through about a month's worth of hospital stays and rehab stays. And he got to a point where we just didn't know. In fact, one night I went in there and to check on him. I was in the hospital uh, staying the night with him. And um, <clears throat> I went in there to check. I, I, I got up to check on him. And he, I, thought he did, I thought he was dead. I really did. I thought he was dead. I, I went out. I started crying. I went outside to the nurse. And I said, I think my dad's dead. And... Um, Anyway, through this whole process, I found out that there's no one who cares about my dad except me. If me and my family hadn't stayed with him, like, almost nonstop, I don't think he would have survived. And um, um, I hate to think that someone would take my right away to protect my dad and to... um, defend my dad, to take care of my dad. My dad loves his family and we love him. And if someone was to take that right away from me to take care of him, boy, I I just, I don't know how I would handle that. I'm afraid I would be unchristlike in my, in my response. I I just don't know how, you know, I, I just can't imagine someone doing something like, you know, taking taking him away from us and and just, you know, letting him die somewhere in some nursing home well, or whatever. Well, well Cindy, if, if you don't want that to happen to you where you, you're, you're not acting Christ-like, then I will be your surrogate to do that, okay? If you ever need somebody <laughs> okay. to, to not act Christ-like for you, Go ahead and, and let me know, and I'll do it for you, and you won't have to. All right. You won't have to worry to do All that. Right. All right, Robert. I'll take that I'll, on I'll for on you. you. I'll lean on you. There you go. No, you, you're let, you let me more, do it. I'll, I'll, I'll be on Christ-like for you, and then you won't have to worry about more, it. You're actually more like a, a Christian than a lot of Christians I know. So. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know but. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, Cindy. That you can know how much that means to you. Um, and let's go. And I hate to cut short, but with time and letting get Kelly, thank you very much, Cindy, and happy Halloween to you as well. Uh, or uh, the feast of Samhain. <laughs> happy uh, Halloween to you too. Thank you very much. Uh, indeed, my uh, my favorite holiday, and then St. Patrick's Day. Uh, go ahead, uh, Kelly. What really celebrate All Hallows? All Hallows. But um, anyway, you like the candy? No. Okay. <clears throat> um, 
Let's see. Sally's story of a wonderful lady, Miriam, whose heart was other people, and the state wanted to interfere. There's just something really, really wrong with that. Um, those who are elderly, because their loving counsel is so much blessing to us that we can benefit. And of course, the wisdom we have from them, we can bless others who are younger than us and those around us. So I think that was a really good call, Robert, to have these um, somewhat challenging conversations on the phone. Maybe the state legislature will get it right. Um, So let's see. Many other issues to talk about, Bannon and others and blah, 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 blah. The L.A. shooter, blah, blah, blah. Um, Let's see. Oh, I forgot theirs. I'm sorry. I meant the IRS. All right. That's for another day. So, Robert, I really like your show, and I like that we can uh, come together and talk and exchange different viewpoints, different opinions. And we can just kind of air it out, you know, Robert, and I've said this before to you off air as well as on air, but you're one of the best radio hosts I've ever come across because no, I appreciate you display it. Yeah, well, you you don't dominate the airways. It's you have displayed that it's not about me; it's about others. And hey, let's all talk and communicate and try to work these things out. So I think that's very beautiful. And uh, it just just maybe, just just maybe, Robert, I'll join next week. Well, good. Well, I hope, uh, hopefully we'll see you uh, again as well. And, yes, uh, definitely give me a call uh, off air sometime. I'm going to get ready to uh, have a little dinner uh, when I get off the air here uh, in a few minutes. Uh, but first, I will have to, uh, again, and for you as well, Kelly, happy Halloween. But I will have to end tonight hey, as I hey, do Robert, every night. Robert, uh, Robert, Robert, thank Robert, you, everyone. Robert, yes. Hold, hold, hold. yes. You know I'm teasing you because I've been at this for five years now. <laughs> Maybe I'll join you next week. Yeah, I've done this for five years now. So, all right. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> okay. Sounds great. Well, definitely. Uh, and I'll end tonight as I said it with uh, every night. And that is by the song from Aubrey Ashburn. And you can hear more of her music as well as go on our archives back in 2012 when I got the opportunity to interview her uh, by going to www.aubreyashburn.com. Uh, Take care, folks. We'll see you next week. Happy Halloween and good night. Night. Night.